Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast. Hyphenation. I'm your dashing, daring, and debonair host and sore host, Kellen Conley. And uh, I have a special guest with me here, ladies and gentlemen. From what I say is one of my favorite cities in the world, and I've never been. Live from the heartland, and not really the heartland, but that's just what popped in my head. I have... <laughs> A special friend of mine who I once podcasted with a long time ago with Thomas DJ. And we've kept in touch all these years, Pat. And I finally said last month, October, you're coming on. And he's like, "Um, okay. And I said, you have no choice. Yeah, I was in full agreement. I I, I was all about it. Kellen, come on, man. He he was. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Herman. Wow. What a, what an intro, Kellen. What an Thanks, intro. Man. You know, it, it's you're one of those people that I only podcasted with a few times. I think we did it two, didn't didn't we? We did like a yeah, sports we, one. Yeah, we did two. Because didn't well, did we do one with Zach too? I feel no, like we, we never, were all we in never there. did. I was bummed because okay. I have we're, mad respect for Zach. Yeah, Zach's dope, man. Spidey yeah. dude. Yeah, Spidey dude. Uh, we never, we never. I was bummed because I, I wanted to talk football with him, but uh, yeah, we did the. Um, I forgot what the first episode we did on, but then we, we did, did some... the Seahawks, and that was like Russell Wilson's rookie season. Yeah. Or did yeah. we do the whole NFL? You know I what? Podcast 101. Why don't I just look at moves like Curtis the Podcast, oh. and we will find out, because it is still on the internet. Is it really? Yes. I don't let anything leave the internet. Are you crazy? Yeah. Um, special. Wow. I, I am. I'm very special. No, seriously, I, I, I wish I wish I had a bunch of my old my old podcast episodes from like the modern myth media days because I think those are gone. I think you were on once with Tom, I think, because let's see, the yeah. first that we did what that I was on with you. OK, no, you did the Russell Wilson episode because I titled that episode. Russell Wilson is a bleeping robot. And that was episode <laughs> four. And that came out. That was about. God, I don't have a date on that. That was years ago. That was like his rookie season. Yeah, that was 2012. And then the other one, yeah, Zach was on the NFL preview. And then there it is, episode five. So you were on twice, once with Tom and once with me. And the title of this episode was called He Should Eat a Bug Like Nicolas Cage Did. <laughs> and me and you were Tom's guest. And I don't know who we were talking about in, in this episode, but I think we were talking Jets. So it could have been anybody who was on the wow. Jets. Wow. Wow. Oh, man. What a man. I was listening to Pleasure wherever podcasts are sold, mostly Apple Podcasts, though. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, man, that, that was a that was an interesting interesting time. Uh, but yeah, you're one of those people that you know we got on the you know podcast and we kind of just kept you know kept in touch. You're you know I, I I was mainly on Twitter back then. I was mainly I've always been on Twitter since like you know 2008. I've I've always Me too. I kind of gravitated towards Twitter and Facebook's kind of been there. Cause that's like the common like family. Everyone has a Facebook, whereas Twitter is like yeah. OG, OG territory in my opinion. <laughs> and so like, I got hooked on, uh, through that, you know, I, we, we obviously we, we, we follow each other in front of each other on Facebook, all that stuff. And so Facebook, I'd see you on there, but then I had started, you know, on Twitter and we started talking and, and we have, we, we have a lot in common because you love Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I love Spider-Man. As and, you yeah, yeah, and you love football. I love football. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have a mu- you used to play music. I, I you know, I used to play music. 
uh, I would I'd say we we probably still play music, but you know what I mean. But back in the day, I'm saying from back in the day, you're doing you're pursuing the uh, hip hop career. I was pursuing, pursuing the dream. Yeah, pursuing the dream. I was pursuing a rock and roll dream. So we had a lot in common. We're a different. We're totally different people and different things, but very very similar. So as always, I always felt like a kindred a uh, connection with you. If that's oh, I don't mean man. to be weird. But no, it, no, it's not. It's not weird. I I cried over Stan Lee on this podcast. It's fine. Oh, right. <laughs> no, no, that's not weird. That's normal. What are you talking it's about? all about sharing feelings here on Hyphenation. So I've definitely shared my feelings a lot, Kellen. Okay. So, yeah. You'll, okay. Yeah. I'm here for it. Oh, good. No problem at all. Good. So I have been dying to get you on the show. I mentioned on the beginning of the year. I had like I always do. Like the past two years running, I've done this state of the podcast address mm. and I listed all these people I wanted to get on the pod. And Paul Herman, his name was on that list. And now that I'm finally making that a reality, I can check that off at the end of the year. Cause I, when it comes around January, I'll be getting ready to do the state of the podcast address again. I'm like, I've had Paul Herman again on and I can get him on again. <laughs> I'll come on anytime, man. You know that. Come on. Oh, I know. I know, but I, I made this extra special for you. I, you you have the fact that it's just me and you, which is my those are my favorite podcasts. Is when I love group podcasts. Don't get me wrong, but my favorite is when two people are basically just recording a conversation and they're just hanging out. Yeah, like that's my favorite. Absolutely, yeah, and that, that's what I try to do because um, like uh, my uh, semi regular co host I stole that from Michael Bailey and uh, Shag Matthews, um, Mar- Marcus Robinson. He comes on. I'd say once, at least once a month, pretty regularly, but he's been on a ton of podcasts since like episode 34. And this is like episode 123 recording, by the way. So he's coming on a lot and then we'll come on and then we'll we'll have topics and he'll come up with questions, but literally we're just having a conversation the whole time. Yeah. And and that's what we try to do is just kind of bring, allow y'all to peek into the, to our minds, so to speak. You brought up uh, Michael Bailey legend. Oh yes. Legend. Legend. I, I'm going to, I'll drop it here. Uh, he's going to be on a future episode of comic binge. Oh, is he? Oh yeah. I, I, I had, I went to him as soon as he's I on my new, list too. Yeah. I have a podcast or I have many podcasts, but the newest podcast, talk about him. No, really quick. I just wanted to say I, I'm a guy, uh, I started this new podcast called the binge, the, um, uh, the comic binge. It's a passion project because I love comic books and I want to promote comic books and with all these different sc- streaming services, I want to get it out there and I want people to read more comics because comic books, comic books are the most underrated medium ever in my yes. opinion. And so which we can get into that later, but really quick, I, because of that, you know, I've, I've listened to podcasts since 2008 and Bailey is one of them. Michael Bailey. Awesome. Awesome podcaster. If you, if you like superheroes or comic books, just go the, the fortress, the fortress of Bailey Tude, and he's mm-hmm. got like a zillion things going on. I oh, love he's, he's he's just he beats to his own drum. I love it. And so when I when I started the comic binge, one of the first things I said to myself is I gotta get Michael Bailey on here. And I always I've been bugging him for years, and and I know he probably just annoyed at me. He probably just wants to get on there and just shut me up, you know. <laughs> but which is totally fine. I totally I totally appreciate it. So. Anyway, he's coming on soon. I'm I could not be more stoked. Like that's like oh, that's man. a dream, man. He's he is legit. Like I he probably doesn't he probably thinks I'm just like, you know, blowing smoke. And I'm not exactly. blowing smoke. That's the just, thing that, that's even crazier is because like what if you if but if when you talk to him, mm-hmm. you'll be like, Oh yeah, me and me and Kellen Conley are talking about how great you are, and he'll be like, ah, you know, I just mm-hmm. hang out with the dogs and Rachel and <laughs> You know, sitting in front yeah. of the microphone, and I get to say what I want to say, and it'll say it so elo- eloquently, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, 
I if, when Mike comes on the pod, um, if he'll come on my pod, I'm, I don't think it would be an issue. But still, I haven't asked him. I know I'm going to be a little intimidated because honestly, he's one of those guys that I look up to in podcasting. Like it was kind of like Thomas was like that for me, like Thomas DJ before we got to be real good friends. And then Derek, because they used to do better in the dark. So I was always yeah. like, oh, Tom and Derek. And then I got to know him and like other oh, regular dudes, obviously. But I know when I get Mike on here and I'm sitting across from him, so to speak, I'm going to be like, man, Michael Bailey's on my podcast. And I've listened, I I've listened so many hours with him. It's, it's crazy. I, I, I've been I've been pounding the table for people to go back, and I, I hope he has these episodes still up. Do you remember the? Um, I, I honestly, Kellen, we, we might have even talked about this back like in 2012, but um, the episodes where he went through like the start of his comic book fandom up into <gasps> what, like you mean 2000? the lead up to episode 100? Yes, 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 that's it. Dude, yeah, those are my favorite episodes. I was considering going back and downloading them again and re-listening was, to them. Yes. I was a guest on episode 100, though. Like, he did, like, three parts episode 100. I was one of the callers. I remember that. Yeah, and I was one of the callers. And when I got in there with him and Shag, I told him, I was like, Mike, I got to tell you, like, I used to work in a shoe department. And I would be sitting there in the back stocking stuff or moving stuff, listening to your podcast. And those episodes that you did from 1990 or however it was, yeah, 1990 until 99 and just did that whole run. Like even though it was just you and you were just talking about your life, your recall, your recollection, and even when you would giggle at some of the things you remembered, like I was like <laughs> totally enthralled, man. And I was like, that's that's probably one of the moments that made me want to really be a solo podcaster, let alone yes. a podcaster. Yes. No, Kellen, exactly. And it's crazy because I suck at solo podcasts. If I ever had to do one, it'd be the worst thing ever. I'm barely audible doing this, right? <laughs> and so. The fact he can do it so it seems so effortless, effort, effortlessly. I can't say that word. See, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. I, yeah. I can't talk. So, <laughs> but yeah, like he he's so fluid, and it's so entertaining. It, it's crazy. And I listened to the, the. I don't know if you listened to it, it was like the last two episodes of Views that he did. Um, and it was like it was, it was a while ago now. But it was supposed to be like the 10th anniversary episodes, but they were like a year off and stuff because he had so <laughs> much stuff going on. Yeah. But like the first one had um, uh, Big Honk and Steve on it, I think. Oh, and yeah. then the last one had Shag and uh, the other guy that he normally comes on, the uh, the dude, Andy. Andy was on. Um, and they, they were all three of them were talking and stuff. And then like the show ended and he came back on and he just he just ripped off this 15, 20 minute. I don't even know how long he talked. It wasn't that long. But he essentially explained why Views was going away, but not going away, one of those things. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, Paul, that when he finished that, I was in tears because I was sad Views was leaving, but I was also really proud of how far he had come. Mm -hmm. And everything, it just how it was the whole thing he said there was just so moving. And mm -hmm. all he did was just sit in front of Mike and speak his truth, man. It's yeah. it's wild. He's yeah. so good. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh, I, I think I listened to that episode a long time ago. But yeah, it's been it's been a while. I think I was a couple months ago for me. Yeah, I, I couldn't find the views feed for a while because it wasn't showing up in my preferred mm -hmm. podcasting listening platform. Yeah, and I finally found it and listened to it, and I was like, damn. Yeah, like, it's not like he's leaving podcasts. He just has all these other things he wants to do. It'll it'll be back. 
Yeah, that, that's the thing with, with with Bailey. I know he'll he'll be back to it, and I and if there, if I have anything to do with it, I'm gonna push him that way. If, if he will listen to me, we probably won't. Probably think I'm some crazy dude, which is fine. I am, but but no, okay. he's a if as you get you hear me and Kellen like he's he's legit legit podcaster like he's og podcaster and and daily com. i i can't tell y'all enough to go check out his stuff yeah yeah and i and i'm gonna tell we should we need to both tell him tweet at him say dude we've been we've been praising you on the show legit praise legit like not even blown smoke 100 so i didn't hijack the show sorry about that you didn't hijack the show that's what i'm sorry man i'm sorry we had a moment there that was a genuine moment so we, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, we're genuine people, Kellen. This is why we're connected. We're kindred spirits. Because I could tell <laughs> we're both out, you know, extroverts, and you know, and we're both just like to talk. You know, I, I can't shut up. You know, I don't I know. If, yeah, me too. Hey, hey, yeah, you. You like comic books, anime, and stuff? Sure, you do. Who the hell doesn't? And that's why you should listen to a podcast called Fresh. It's like audio cliff notes of ancient texts painstakingly translated by us for you. So do yourself a favor. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Trust me, we're everywhere. So don't forget, it's a podcast called Fresh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and anywhere podcasts are casted. What kind of forever? Obviously. So speaking of talking, All right. how did you get into podcasting? Oh, Lord. Yeah. Because I want to know your story. Well, it's funny because Michael Bailey is part of that story, among other things as well. But, uh, you know, obviously in the height of superhero movies, 2007, 6, 8, kind of that era of of of, you know, superheroes and whatnot and comic books, things are starting to heat up. Comic books were kind of starting to get a little more popular or are starting to get a little more uh, noticed uh, or a little more noticed because of the films and the films had brought me back into comic books. I started collecting again in 2004. Uh, basically, you know, I've told the story me too. <laughs> was it, hold on, was it uh cause you're, you're a big Spider-Man fan like me. So mm-hmm. was it the new, like, was it the new Avengers with Spider-Man in it? Cause that's what, what did it for me. No, that wasn't what did it for me. What what happened is I moved to Morgantown 03, and there was actually a comic book shop. It was the closest wow. I've ever been to a comic book shop. Okay. That happened. But I'd say the thing that really got me collecting again was between the end of the Batman hush run and then Batman mm-hmm. Superman when that first came out. That's what really got me. And then, of course, I was picking up the Spider-Man books that JMS was doing, too. Yeah, and yeah. That, that didn't hurt at all. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I so really quickly, and again, I'm gonna talk a lot. So I, apo- no, I apologize, Kellen. Right. I'm sorry, audience. I can't shut up. It's Kellen's <laughs> fault. Blame him. I I grew up reading comics. I the earliest memories of me were playing with a Secret Wars Doctor Octopus action figure. Like I can vividly remember, like very very young age, playing with that, and my Star Wars action figures. So I grew up on Marvel and Star Wars, literally. And this is no lie. Anyone who knows me really well, no, even when I wasn't into it as much when I was in high school, they they saw it in my room, the comic piles of comics, Star Wars everywhere. That was me. But growing up, I loved Spider-Man and my mom and dad bought my brother and I a bunch of the Secret Wars action figures and Star Wars action figures. And yeah, they're yeah, there's there's they're all right. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Okay. Uh, but uh but what they 
what they did was they created this love of Spider-Man and the Marvel superheroes through that. And then they started buying the comic books what they came with the line of toys and with the line of toys and the comic books, I started getting, you know, see, I go, when go, you know, go to the gas station, I would see Spider-Man and Hulk and Captain America. You know, so they started, okay, we'll buy you a, a, we'll buy you a dollar comic. Shut you up. You know, here you go. My brother and I, we just started this throwing, you know, these comics at us to shut us up when we go on road trips or go on, you know, go out for a day trip, shut us up, stop fighting, hitting each other. My brother is six years older than I am. Oh, wow. So, yes. Yeah. So he's, and so we have a little bit of an age gap. So, you know, he just hated my guts growing up. Right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, yeah. That's how, that's what happens. So my brother didn't like sharing with me, didn't hate, you know, didn't like being in the same things as me, but for whatever reason, we both kind of bonded over liking superheroes. And so, uh, when I liked comic books and I liked Spider-Man and Star Wars and all that stuff. My brother started getting comic books when he was older too. So it, even though it was a young thing, I could have easily grown out of it. I didn't because my brother was so much older than I was. He was bringing in more comics cause he got into it. And so, Oh, whatever he has is cool. Right. And he, and he was really into X-Men. So my first love of growing up comic books are Spider-Man X-Men and through all that, I would, you know, I found comic book stores and all that stuff. My brother, because he's older than me, he in the in the when Batman eighty nine came out, uh, he had a, he had he bought the Dark Knight Returns. So <sighs> literally, the, I, this is crazy. Literally, my earliest memories of of Batman are my Super Friends Batman action figure, Batman sixty six, Batman eighty nine. And Batman Dark Knight Returns. I'm not. I wow. still have. I still have the original. It's beat to crap. Right. But I have the original graphic novel my brother had, and so I would. And and, and I. I think I told the story on the Batman on Film podcast I was on recently. I said I couldn't read a lick of beans. Right. And like <laughs> I was like in kindergarten, first grade when that book yeah. was out. But Frank Miller was is such a baller and such a like amazing storyteller with his panels. I knew exactly what was going on just through the panels. Even with the guy talking on, on the TV, I understood what like they're explaining stuff. I knew what they were doing. I, I, I you know, you kind of got the idea of the, there's something bigger going on in the world. One of the it, best it, visually told comic books of all time. It's, 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 it's trendy to hate Frank Miller and is obviously, I think, cause for somewhat valid reasons here or there, because his depiction towards women and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But you can't, nothing can touch the Dark Knight Returns. I, I think that is one of the, that is maybe one of the, the best comics ever written, ever put out, bar none. You can't, it just, you can't. Like it's, it's unprecedented what happened and what they did with it at the time. And re, it rejuvenated a character that needed rejuvenating. And yeah. So, so anyway, I grew up on comics. My brother, he's six years older than I am. He kind of got out of it. And by the time he got out of it, I was full fledged in it. And I was in it from, Basically, since I can remember up into right before high school. And okay. that was that was me too, man. I got in high school and then I faded off. Didn't help the clone saga was taking it forever either. Yeah, see, and that <laughs> yeah, so are, I'm 37. How old are you? Or, or I'm 36. Right? I'm right behind you. Yeah, so you're you're close in age. So we that the clone saga, a lot of that stuff got so bogged down, it got me out of comics. I mean, I was I couldn't always devote my time and energy towards one character or characters. I was all over the place with comics because mm -hmm. I just I wanted to read as much as I could. But Spider-Man and X-Men were always the ones I went to. 
I would say the most. So like every couple, every three, four months, I go back to Spider-Man and get caught up and buy a bunch of back issues or whatever, you know, but the clone saga definitely, it created a jumping off point to be honest, Kellen. It really it, did. It, it did. It, and it's crazy because I look back at the story with such fond memories, yes. which is crazy. Yes. There's so many people like the clone saga is awful. And we're like, I'm like, eh, you know, it kind of had its moments. It just, it, it was making so much money and Marvel wanted to drag it out. And then the leadership kept changing at Marvel. And then people weren't getting ready. Like they didn't get the wrap up at their natural endpoint, which is 400. They are told to extend the story and then change this, change that. So there was always like 15 different hands in that story. Like there used to be this site. Um, I don't, I'm sure it's out there somewhere um, about like the behind the scenes of yeah, like, the clone saga. It. Yep. It's it, awesome. It's, Still out there, and it's like thirty parts. I think Life of Raleigh. It's called yes. Life of Raleigh. Yes. It's still out there somewhere, and it's like thirty parts of these two editors just kind of telling about the whole saga behind how they got from the initial part of the clone rolling back, which ended up being Ben Raleigh, to when uh, spoilers Norman Osborn was revealed as the ultimate mastermind behind the whole clone saga. Right. But that's a recommendation, and Paul recommended a Dark Knight already. But uh, I'm going to hand it right back to you, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I apologize. Um, no, 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 no. Again, I, I keep. I won't shut up. So I apologize, you apologize again. All right, I'm just right. going to let Can't you keep talking. God. Okay. So <laughs> I, I I was in and out of comics. I remember. I think I was in high school at this time because I think. It was like a sophomore high school. I was in California visiting family and, and I just was bored out of my mind. And I was, I had gotten out of comics. The clone saga was just wrapping up finally. And I just could not, I was, I got really into music. So basically mm -hmm. I got into high school. I felt awkward and I got comics and let's be real here too. Not just the clone saga, but comics in general, general in the nineties were terrible. Like they were for the most part, pretty bad mm -hmm. for the most part. Like, I agree. There's good stuff here and there. And there's some definitely some gems, but as a whole, the market was falling apart because the writing wasn't good. Just, just was not, just was not working. And I just, I lost interest because, well, not only that, I just didn't have money. And I needed to go out and do hang out with my friends and I just couldn't blow my money on comics anymore. And it was making like 10 bucks a week with my, you know, my allowance. My mom and dad would only give me, you know, like here's, here's $10. That's all you need, you know? And I'm like, oh, great. You know? So, <laughs> so I, I, all I, all I could do is, I just and again with comics weren't that great, so why blow money on things you weren't that great? And you kind of again, I don't, I don't want to use the word growing out of it, but you just kind of start seeing yourself like you know, Star you just Wars, found new things yeah. you're into is really yeah. what it was. Yeah, and and basically, I found I found music, music. I found music, and I found a love of 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 music and and all that stuff, and started playing music, and and that was it. But I remember in, I was visiting one Christmas, I was in California and I was bored out of my mind. I hadn't collected comics in years. My mom and dad are like, Hey, do you, you know, do you want to go, do you want to hang out somewhere? I'm like, Hey, can we go to that comic store? I went into this comic store and I started, I just started just chatting with the, um, start with the owner and just, you know, and say, Hey, I've been, I've been in comics a while. Tell me what's going on with, with a uh, Spider-Man. Oh yeah. Original Peter Parker just came back. I went, no way. He's like, yeah, here's the issue right there. He'd been back for like three, four months, but he had an, you know, he had a bunch of copies still. I mm -hmm. bought, um, I bought that issue. Then issue Spider-Man 75. Never forget it. John Romita Jr. Art. Beautiful, Dude. Beautiful art. And I'm so oh. glad because it was, it was, I remember, I remember so vividly. That issue was so freaking bad. That yeah, Ass. yeah that's, <laughs> that is a great great issue. That that is, you know, I will not say that the Clone Saga was all great. I think it was mostly mostly solid. It was mostly solid. Some really bad. Some really good. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Obviously, maximum clonage is one of the worst things I've ever read in my life. Um, <laughs> but but that being said, I, I really thought that issue was great. And Spider I thought it was, side. That's yeah, enough oh, said right there. Yeah, enough said, man. The fifth Ooh. Peter Parker. Wasn't he the fifth Ooh. or the fourth Peter Parker? He was the fourth Peter Parker. Yeah, it was rough. Mm-hmm. It was rough. So I, I remember getting that issue, and, I, and it was also I think that issue. I bought that issue in Identity Crisis with like the Hornet and the Prodigy and Dusk. I bought oh, all those nice. issues there too. So he he kind of helped me direct me into like you know update me on what's going on. I got kind of back into comics for like about a month. I was like, oh man, I'm I'm kind of into this. I'm I'm having fun reading comics again. Back and I'm back, and then I and then I got back and I was done. I just <laughs> yeah. It was cool. I but it was cool because I got into um I got into comics again, but I kind of got out of it. But then the movie started happening and then I started thinking, okay, cool, comics are cool. And then when I was I started a job at a call center. Oh, wow. And yeah. And so I was at my favorite restaurant and there's a comic living store. my life. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like no, literally no. I, I worked at a call center from 2004 until 2005. Bro, I was bro. at a call center. Yeah. Same, same, dude, like it's 2003 to five or ish. Cause I, we, we, they uh, close it down, um, right around 2000. Yeah. Yeah. I was there for a couple of years, but yeah, man, we, uh, it was, I, I, I got on the phones and I was getting bored and I remember going to my favorite restaurant and I see the comic store. And I'm like, man, I, I, I could, you know, I, I, cause I was loving all the movies that were coming out like Daredevil. I lo- I still love the, the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. I, I do too. I do too. The director's cut Holmes, right? Yes. 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 Uh, absolutely. With the whole Aculio storyline. Yes. 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 Turk. <laughs> he says that he's in the, he's in the uh, on the, was, on the sand. Yeah. His name was, it was Turk. <laughs> Frank <laughs> Miller's run. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I got really into, I got really into, uh, go, you know, these character characters again, cause I was seeing them on the screen and like they, like, like movies should, it should bring people into comic stores or now bring people to these comic providers sites and subscription services and have people be interested in comic books, which they're not doing enough of. Right. But I got, I walked into the comic store, same thing like, like the guy in California. I said, Hey, Kind of update me. What you know? I'm. I want to get back into. You know, I kind of want to get some graphic novels. What do you recommend? You know, and he said, "Oh, uh, where do you like?" Oh, I love Spider-Man. Well, have you read the new JMS Spider-Man? No, actually. Okay, you should. Here's the first one. Read that one. Okay. Bought the Daredevil Frank Miller Electro Run, which I always wanted to read. Mm. Bought, bought like the second second volume of that. Yes. Blew through that, blew through that, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. I'm just gonna buy trades, and I started buying trades here or there. Just kind of, I go to Gordito's, my favorite restaurant in Seattle. Go visit there if you're in Seattle. It's amazing Mexican food, and I kind of kept popping in. And one day I walk in, and Spider Man, or I see an Avengers uh, graphic novel in the very front, hardback, and it says New Avengers Breakout, and I see Captain America, Iron Man, you know, standard. I see Spider-Man and I'm like, what the, I'm like, wait a minute, Spider-Man. And I, I said to him, wait, Spider-Man. He's yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man? <No. laughs> I can what? have Spider-Man. <laughs> and I said, Spider-Man's an Avenger now. He's like, yeah. And that was something Kellen as a Spider-Man fan growing up, reading a ton of Spider-Man comics. I always wanted him to be a part of a team. When he was part of the new fantastic four, I was, I was so excited. Yeah, and, it was super cool because we never got to see him like that because he was always the thing was that he was an honorary Avenger, but he was always the loner who would never be on the team. So I, I completely get that. Yeah. So 
when I saw that, it was like a dream come true. I always wanted him to be because he was, he was a reserve Avenger, which is lame. I was like, not yeah. really. Yeah, not honorary reserve Avenger. That's what I was yeah. looking for. Yeah, exactly. I want the real deal, man. So what I what I did was I saw that and I said, okay, I'm going back to I'm gonna buy this trade. And he, and he said, yeah. I asked him, what are the other current issues? And all the right there and picked those up. And I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna back in. I'm gonna get back into Spider Man and I'm gonna get back into and I'm gonna only pick up Spider Man the Avengers. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so. I start famous that was last words. Yeah, famous last words. And I've been collecting Spider-Man comics and, and comic books ever since. Or or I'll say this. I've been reading because I, I I'm all digital now. So but oh, uh me too. yeah, it's 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 just space and money and all that jazz. But I've been reading steadily Spider-Man since 2004. And so so all that being said, again, it's a long-winded way of saying you know, my background of, of podcasting and whatnot. Yeah. I I was just into into comic books and superheroes again from 2004 and then 2008 i started reading and seeing these things called podcasts and one of the things one of the first podcasts i listened to was the spider-man crawl space podcast yeah crawl space shout out right? to crawl space man. yeah yeah so Still doing the damn thing yeah dude they're on episode like 1000 they're insane yeah. dude. i know man crazy so and it was through that I found Stop talking Bailey. into my water bottle. Sorry. It's all good. I, 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 I <laughs> my Pichio's in here and my, my Diet Coke. We're good. Okay. Um, I got into, but that's how I discovered Michael Bailey was through, they had a crossover episode. First episode of, 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 of uh, views I, I listened to was an episode that he did about, um, <clears throat> excuse me. It was um, the death of Jason Todd. And it was like episode 20 of views. I think it was, I'm going to look it up just so I can get it. But I, that's the first one I remember. Cause I was like, Oh, I just read this. Cause I had gotten the trade, the death of Jason Todd. And oh. I'd read it like a few months before. And then I was, I was like, Oh man, he did a podcast about this. Cause my friend Eric Frome recommended Bailey to me. And then that's how I ended up getting, I started listening to views, but go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, I, 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 while you were talking, I put a peachy on my mouth, so I apologize. Well, there um, you go. Go right ahead. Talk, go ahead and talk for a second while I, while I chew this real fast. Yeah, I apologize. Um, but yeah, I, I, a comic book podcast blew my mind because um, one of the first podcasts I listened to was I saw like here on comic sites here and there, you would see like, oh, an interview with Brian Michael Bendis. And then you would go listen to it. And the quality, quality would be so terrible that I was like, this is unlistenable. Like, <laughs> I don't want to sit here and really listen to this. But then when I saw that people like me were suddenly doing comic book podcasts, I was completely and 100 percent in. And yeah. and Bailey was the first one comic book podcast I ever listened to, man. Yeah. So it, through all that, I got I discovered, man, I can actually listen to people talk that, I, that they, maybe I may not be friends with, but I would have been dying to get these conversations because all my friends were all music people. Mm -hmm. No Mine one. Too. Yeah. So and the thing was. And see, Kel, I don't know about you, but all my friends, they didn't like sports. They didn't like comics. The only thing I had in common, common with them was we all loved music. And, you know, I was really passionate about music, but none of them cared about any of that stuff I liked for the most part. Some people like sports, but like it was bad. It was really, really bad. Wow. So I, I always felt like an outsider of being at whatever kind of scene I was in. Yeah. They'd be like, oh man, this is so avant-garde. And I'm like, have you read Spider-Man? And so... <laughs> And they're like, uh, get out of here. You're dumb. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to watch Seahawks. And all my uh, music friends claim to be in the comic books after 
Like mm. it, they really blew up. I'd say it was after Iron Man. Like after mm. Iron Man, they're like, oh yeah, I always like comic books. I was like, oh, oh you did? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah oh, right. Okay. You know, here's the thing. Comics are, are very, it, it's so hard to get into comics back in the day and it still is now. It's easier now, but it's still the stigma. Where do I start? You know, so I, I get it. It's hard, but I think people want to get into comics and they might have read one or two and, and to them uh, that, that feels like they got into it, which again, that's, I don't want to take that away. That, that's legit, but yeah. comics are an intimidating thing, but I think anything is intimidating. If you look at it, I, I remember trying to get into music. And trying to get into what what uh, what rock albums, what punk rock albums I want to should I get, dive into, and you have no idea where to start. Um, you need I help. I will be lost. So yeah, I understand. Anyone. Yeah, right. Anything you want to like Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever, football. Where do I start? I, I love my team. Where do I start to love my team? You got to start somewhere, right? But the problem is with comics, it's such a niche thing, such a niche thing. It's getting better now, but it's hard. So that's why podcasts were so great. So I could actually identify with people and listen and hear things that I want to hear because I want to hear discussions about Spider-Man and and how he did this and he did that. And maybe that wasn't a great, necessarily a great uh, thing to do for the writer or the dialogue or whatever. We all love this. We all hate this, whatever. I needed to hear that. And podcast was that. And as, as I started researching more podcasts, I started getting more listening to more and more i discovered batman on film podcast and batman on film had uh someone named sean gerber as the host sean gerber then started modern myth media as because they were just doing batman batman on film and he was doing that he was only doing dc and just specifically batman Mm -hmm. he when so when he what he wanted to do was he wanted to branch out and do everything because all the Marvel movies that were coming out already and that were coming because Iron Man, I think had hadn't come out yet or had just come out and he was gearing up for Green Lantern and Iron Man two. And I think Iron Man two had just come out or it was coming out. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, he was pretty much, he kind of knew comic, comic book movies are going to be coming out for a while. And he wanted to be kind of the Batman on film for all comic book movies. Right. He wanted so to get when, on that train early. Right, right. So, I, and I, I loved listening to the Batman on film shows. And, <clears throat> and I remember thinking, oh, it'd be so cool to get on a podcast. And I even tried to start one, start one with my friend, Dave, uh, who he's on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram at father's figures, one of my best friends in the world. And we tried and just, I had no idea what we were doing and we never went anywhere, but I was, I tried a music podcast and that was probably the closest thing that I did. It was called Louder Than Bombs. It was it was based off the uh, Smiths uh, B sides album, nice. and, and I, I love the Smiths. They're my favorite band. And it was a the podcast was basically not a radio show, but it kind of like, it was kind of in the, in the in the vein of views, where we just kind of talked about a subject and we just talked about how much we loved it. And it was yeah. and for me, it was I wanted to talk about punk rock or the Smiths or again, I wanted to touch all kinds of very variations of music, like hip hop and things like that. I had all these different aspects I wanted to touch. I started recording, um, these shows and posting them on a Tumblr website kind of a thing. And, and I started figuring out how to do that. And I just, I was just doing it to kind of just, again, I wanted a podcast. I wanted to kind of do my thing. And I started doing that. And then when Sean started doing the modern myth media, I noticed he all he did was he took the guys from the Batman on Film podcast and put them on the Modern Myth Media. Well, the thing with the the Batman on Film guys, there were no there were no Marvel guys on that show. 
I knew because I listened to them all. They they all their expertise was their expertise was always in DC and DC comics. And I grew up a Marvel zombie. It's all I read. I read okay. some DC here or there, but I was a I am and will always be a Marvel zombie. And so I remember just thinking to myself, you know, after he I listened to the first couple episodes of Modern Myth Media, I said to myself, this guy doesn't have a Marvel guy. And Mm. And and I and I knew I knew myself. I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I knew I know I know a decent amount about Marvel. I'm I'm kind of a Marvel zombie, yeah. and so I what I, I emailed them. I, I attached a a link to one of my louder than bomb shows, and I said, "Hey, Sean, uh, love the show. Love you on Batman on film. Uh, I've noticed uh, Modern Myth Media. You guys don't have like a a go to Marvel guy." And I am a giant Marvel fan, and I would love if you need ever need someone to talk about Marvel. I would love to to come on the show if if you would have me. And here's a link to one of my shows. Sure enough, email me back. So, you know what? Yeah, we'll have you on. I'll, you nice. know, we'll come, come on for a guest appearance. And then I started coming on, and you know, was off and on for random things. And and then uh, Sean kind of had me back for you know, kind of a random episode here or there. And then all of a sudden I started jumping on them all the time. And, and then all of a sudden Marvel studios blew up and was unstoppable. And he said, <laughs> Hey, I'm going to do a Marvel, Marvel only show. Just me and you. I said, done. And nice. we've been doing it since basically it's gone two different iterations. It's like a Marvel. It went from like, I think Marvel, Marvel, some kind of Marvel show, Marvel now or something, something, something like that. I forgot what it was, but and then he, he transferred over to Marvel studios news recently in the last couple of years. Yeah. Like three, four years. And so we've been doing that since like 2012, 13, I think 13, 14, yeah, 13, 14, I think. That's incredible, man. Yeah. So that's, that's where that's kind of, and, and through really quickly, I'll, and in my, my podcasting thing, um, through Sean, I met Justin Bolger who, um, has become one of my best friends. And he got me into Star Wars podcasting. It wasn't for him. I would not even be on a Star Wars show at, at, for a while. Yeah, right. And it's true. <laughs> it's true. Because he got me in there. He got me involved in Star Wars Twitter and all that stuff. And he, you know, he opened a lot of doors to me and, and just opened my eyes. And he, you know, kind of helped me redefine my craft. You know, I'm still terrible, but it made me really evaluate you are how I talk. So. I, I say a lot of likes and you knows and I get criticized for it. I read the reviews. I read the reviews. <laughs> I know my problems. I know my weaknesses. That's, but that's that's the way you you can grow, though. I have I want to get better. I don't want to be, I want to be a good podcaster. I don't want to be a bad podcaster. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm good yet. I think I'm okay. And that's well, I've always my, found you to be highly entertaining, man. Well, so. I, I, all I can do is me. But but yeah, through through all that, I they kind of through Justin and and Sean. And all that, I kind of, they open all these different doors to me and now I'm on four podcasts right now. Do you, do you want to go ahead and run those off and yeah. just kind of yeah, say yeah. where everywhere you're at? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you, you. You do a lot. I think I do a lot, but because I'm like involved in the podcast network thing, but sure, you do a lot just as a podcaster. So yeah, well, yeah, it's a, it's an honor when people, like when you ask me to go, go on the show, it's an honor. It's, oh. I, it, it's humbling. It really is. When, whenever someone asks you to be on a show it's a humbling experience because there it's that's, that's a high form of, of, of praise. And, and I don't, don't want to say praise, but it's, it's just flattering. You, you, they want you on the show. And I always, I will never take that for granted when you know, I always, I try a lot. I can't do them all. You know, I, I try when people ask me to come on, I always say, yeah, 
schedule it up, get it booked. I'll try to, I'll try to make it work because it's an honor to be on anyone's show. It really is no matter how high profile or if it's just starting, if three people listen to it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a, it's a flattering thing. And as long as I have time to do it and I can make it work, I try. So it's an honor to be on the show and in any show. And, and, and that's a disparage anyone else's show. It's, it's an honor. I, I view it all equal. I, I try to, because it is, it's an honor. Um, but, uh, I'm on Marvel newscast with Sean Gerber. Okay. Right. That's, that's one podcast. I'm on a, I'm on two star Wars shows. One is called blaster cannon at C A N O N and blaster cannon is part of the den of geek network. Um, those are with my friends, Sat and Megan. Name. I came up with that name. I had to fight for it. I had to did fight you? for it. I did. I, it, it mostly won out because I think no one else really wanted to think of a different name. They're like, eh, let's just deal with it. So whatever. Uh, it, we'll just fight. Wants. Yeah, well, 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 I mean that, and I think I was pushing for it. I don't get me wrong. I can be, I can be pushy. And I said, you know what? I'll be down. I said, I'll be down with any other name. If you guys come up with it, I'll, I'll totally, if you guys, if you, cause I said, if you guys come up with a name, it's better. Or you guys, you guys like better than mine, then I will go with whatever you guys want. And they said, you know what? We'll just go with it. And I said, okay, I, I, maybe I remember, I remember, I re- maybe I'm remembering it incorrectly, but I remember it, it was something along those lines. And, and I, I don't, I, yeah, it was, I love the name too, but I came up with it. So I'm, I'm a little biased. So I'm on Blaster Cannon with Megan and, and Saf. I love those girls or ladies, I should say. And they're awesome. And uh, I'm on the Saga Continues podcast with my good friends, Tim and Kyle. That show came on i i got asked to be on that show because i was hanging out with them all the time on playing video games and going to kyle's wedding i wasn't even on the show and i was just constantly hanging out talking to him texting him they, they finally said you want to join the show i'm like yeah sure i mean we hang out all the time anyway you're like my good buds so yeah so um tim jirasi was a long time listener he's the guy one of my friends my really good friends from uh the talking continues and he was a longtime listener of Modern Myth Media, and when I wasn't on the show for a while, he'd, he'd, he'd email me and say, "Yeah, hey, I would miss you on the show." And super great dude, and I always really appreciated him. And we became good buds. And yeah, Tim is Tim is a baller. Tim is one of the he's <laughs> one of the most genuine, nicest people on this planet. I'd go to war with that for that guy. So, um, man, Kyle's awesome too. I got to meet Kyle through through uh, Tim, and yeah, they're great. Um, and then uh, last but not least. My my show I kind of talked about already called the Comic Binge, where with my my good friend Chris Clow I got I met through Modern Myth Media. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm on. I'm, those are four podcasts. They're not all weekly. They're all kind of bi-weekly or once or twice a month, kind of given how much news or whatever is going on. But understandable. I go yeah. I go, on, I go on a Batman on film. You know, I'm a reoccurring guest on that. Thanks to my good friend Ryan. Um, on that show, Ryan Haas, Ryan's awesome. And, and Rick Shu, they, they invite me on a lot. And I, and I, again, it's an honor to be on that show. It's such an honor. And cause that was the OG man that, that, that true was, that truly was a show that got me that wasn't for Batman on film. I would, I would not be a podcaster today. So if you hate my guts, you can blame Batman on film. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody's hating your guts considering how much you, you're praising everybody and saying how it's an honor to be on people's shows. And I, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just having fun sitting back listening to you talk. So you're killing it. It, man. it, it is all good, but, um, damn, that's quite the origin story. So <laughs> well, I'm long-winded, as you can tell. I'm no, that, that's okay. Stop. I said you couldn't apologize anymore. This has been hyphenation, guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up right there because Paul won't stop apologizing to me. <laughs> Gosh. I know, I know. Bring you on here and you're like, eh, I'm sorry. Like that, no, I don't want you to be sorry. All right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really sorry, but I am sorry. <laughs> All right. So 
that covers the podcasting topic. So I'm going to go ahead and move on. Yeah, man. And I have a surprise for you because, oh, gosh. yeah, I didn't I didn't write this down because it literally just popped in my head. But there's never been an opposing view to mine on this, oh, boy. and it, it it's it's just something that needs to be done, Paul. Okay, um, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. Yeah, I, I need I need to hear it, man. I, I need to hear your your thoughts on Last Jedi, man. That's what I gotta mm. hear. That's an audible. That's yeah, an audible. It was an audible because you know what? Like I've always been a super big fan of it. I have a whole whole podcast where I was yelling at everybody and telling them they were wrong for not liking the movie. And then I saw your initial comments when it came out, and it seemed like you backtracked a little bit off your comments, but then it seems like you've settled in to a a, a position on the film. It's been two years. Episode 9 is coming sooner than later. So I, you have the floor again. Wow. I, need, I need to hear your view because everybody who knows, who listens to Nation knows that I find The Last Jedi to be a great movie. Okay? Mm. And I need this, I need to hear the Hear it. I mean, you, you. I don't want you to spend forty minutes on it. If you do, that's cool. We'll have to wrap. But I mean, I'll keep it. I'll keep it short. You, you go right ahead because I want. I've, I've been waiting to get your opinion on this film on here because honestly, if I could have had you on then, we probably would have argued, and I wouldn't have seen your point because I was very much in my feelings. So Fair it's enough. good that I've had my time to say my part and your time to say your part on your pods, and then our time to rewatch this movie over time. So. The floor is yours once again. The Last Jedi. Wow, Last Jedi. That's truly inaudible. You set me up on that one, sir. And that's a that's a hot topic for me. The Last Jedi is one of those films, and I and I've gone. I'm super critical of it, but I don't hate it as some people think I do. There's aspects I don't like at all about okay. it. Okay. And and a lot of people get that. A lot of people who know and listen to the shows. There's because here's the thing when it's high, it's high, man. It really is. And I've said that and you can listen to those other shows that I've been on, but when it's low, oh man, is it low? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's, there's just no gray area. It feels like you love or hate, not just the movie, but aspects of the movie. There's, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of story decisions. I just don't understand why they let Ryan Johnson do what he did. And part of it was, the Ray Rando thing, I'm not into it. I hate Ray Rando. And I, I just, the fact they set, they, you know, JJ sets this whole thing up and then says, oh, she's nobody. Moving on. It, it just feels so anticlimactic. I know a lot of people love it and they cling to it and they say, a hero can be anybody. And I, and I understand, I understand that. But, but the problem for me is, I don't, I want, I want that to be a part of something, but with Star Wars, it's a mythology. It's not really exact. It's not supposed to be a hero can be anybody. Excuse me. And it's not really, that's not really the, what George was, was, was originally going for. It it was about a family about, you know, again, this is a mythology and mythology is not necessarily always a hero can be anybody kind of mentality. And now I, granted this is Disney's thing and new writers and all that stuff, but the problem is it's set up that there there's something about Ray that that's more than meets the eye. And the problem is too, is if you just, if she is a nobody and then she is also just a, an average Jedi, which a lot of people argue on, on Twitter, they say, why can't you just be a regular Jedi? She has to be special. Well, well she is, you know, everyone's special. And I'm like, the problem is everyone's special and no one's special. And 
And that's that's my argument for her. And and that I think is and I think that that's not going to be a retcon necessarily. I don't think she's going to be a daughter of someone, anything like that. I do think there is something coming up for for her in Rise of Skywalker, but I don't, I don't know what what that is exactly yet. But I will say that I think that they're going to retcon the idea of her being a nobody, like that, like she's just an average Jedi. I don't have I don't, any doubts about that either. Yeah, I, I think that, and I think that's the right thing to do. I, I think JJ probably understands, like, yeah, that was probably the smartest thing that Ryan could have done. But uh, but that being said. Let me start off with the things I like. I actually liked a lot most of the Luke and Ray stuff. I, I have loved all that stuff. I love Jedi training. I love Jedi stuff. Anything Jedi related, Jedi related, I was into. Anytime Kylo Ren was on the screen, I loved it for the most part. Kylo's loved. great. He's more he's he's one of my favorite characters in Star Wars now. He's no your kid. icon on Skype right now. Yeah, and I'll I'll probably never change. It's one of my favorite shots. That that shot in that trailer blew my mind when that first came out. So oh, yeah. So so I I loved I I liked the I I like anything with Kylo Ren and Rey, everything with Finn and Rose. I, I like Rose. I liked where he was going with the character, but I felt what he did with with uh, Rose and Finn, and it just was so convoluted. And and with the whole space uh, chase throughout everything, it just it just felt so. It, it just didn't, didn't work for me. Yeah. And, and so I don't like Benicio Benicio's character. I hated Canto bite. I hated the space horse. Space horses looked cool, but I hated what he did with them. I hated the kids in the stable. I hate broom boy. That, <laughs> broom boy. Is that broom, what they call him? Yeah. They call him broom boy. Broom boy. Broom boy at the end was ridiculous. That, that was so Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson was that I was an element on that one. That, that should have been. That reminded me of, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but, um, you know, the singer genuine. Yes. Yeah. Like he was big in like the early two thousands. There is a, a song, a video he did. It was called so anxious. And I'm pretty sure that in that video, there's a sequence of him dancing with a, a mop or a broom or something. And yeah. that's what it reminds me of. <sighs> I mean, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, he is, I don't, again, I don't, I understand where he was going for it, what he was going for. The problem is, is that it just wasn't the right film to do it on. And I, it just, yeah, it just was not, it just wasn't the greatest. It wasn't smart in my opinion is what, it wasn't the smartest decision that I think Lucasfilm made because basically Lucasfilm gave the writers all the freedom in the world to change things or, and they really did not have a direction where to go. They gave right. Ryan the kind of the free, the free range to say, Hey, you can do what you want kind of a thing. And he did. And he kind of, and I think they kind of paid for it because in the end they got, they got a divisive film. And oh, I yeah. think, and I think that whether or not they, you can't, you can never tell us if it was planned or not. I understand, but I think because it just kind of took it for granted a little bit, like, oh, everyone will love Star Wars again because JJ you know, did a great job or whatever. I think people just got mad and, and I, you know, whatever. It just, again, it's caused some serious splits in, oh, in, the, yeah. in the fandom. And yeah. there's, there's a fandom that is toxic, like those who attacked uh, the road, like Rose, the actor who plays Rose. Yeah. I can't think of her name. Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was Kelly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, like those who tack Rose. And then of course you got those. Uh, I have a few friends who are like, they ruined my childhood and Luke would never act that way. And that bothers me. 
<laughs> and then you have people like me who's who's grew up with the movies too, but is okay with there being new takes and new ideas and everything. And then there's people like you where you're like, I see lots of things I like, but there's things that bother me. So it, it's literally splitting up a, a huge fan base that has been yeah. together since 1977, essentially. Yeah. And, and, and for the record, I don't like what they did with Luke either. I, I, I this makes any sense. I love seeing him on screen. I thought Mark did a great job. I accept what they did on screen, but I don't, I accept, but I don't agree with what they did, what they did. Kind of like what Mark said. Mark said, I fundamentally, fundamentally disagree with what, what, all what you did with my character. And I accept it for what it is. I think it's, it's fine for what it is, but at the same time, I don't agree with it at all. And what is the part you disagree with the most? I don't think that not being condescending, like seriously, no, no, I want to hear course, it. Of course. No, Kellen, no, we're cool. Holmes. We, we good. I, I know. Good. I know. Yeah, and it's good. two years later. Like I said, if we were having this conversation oh, December man. 17, might... we, there would be fighting and people in my house yelling at me oh, for being no. too loud. Oh no. I, I think I've had this discussion before and I'm going to use one of our favorite characters to kind of emulate why I think this Luke going in and basically going to confront his nephew while he while he's sleeping which is odd and yeah what was that i'm sorry i said it was crappy yeah yeah that, that was that was a little weird i mean that again that's a little strange that was probably i think that was ryan johnson's big mistake there because i've had people trying to argue with me he was going to confront him while he's sleeping what is because i said because here's my, here's the problem he was going to kill his nephew he got his lightsaber out and they said, well, no, he went to confront him while he's sleeping. Come uh, Luke, on. Luke was going to end it. Yeah. <laughs> Luke was going to end it. I'm not going to lie. Luke, yeah, Luke I mean, thought about it. Yeah, he stopped, to... but he thought he went in there full intentions. He was going to end Ben. Yeah. Ben Solo was dead. Yeah. In he, was, he, he was, he was, you know, he said, well, he went in to read his mind when he wasn't paying attention. I'm like, yeah, it's still a violation of his human rights. Let's be yeah. real here. I mean, and and the biggest problem, and again, and the fact he goes to kill him, it just does not ring well to me for his character. And then you look at the fact that he says, oh, I want to kill my nephew. Oh, wait, I can't do that. And then he wakes up and, and then he goes and he goes, oh, I'm going to go in exile now. It's just, all that just did not add up to me. And I'm going to use my favorite character and one of your favorite, your favorite character, I think too, Kellen. Mm-hmm. It's like Spider-Man. Okay. Okay. With great power comes great responsibility because he let someone go that ended up r- killing his one of the only people he loves in the world. And he learned he learned a valuable lesson not to do that ever again. Now there's been things in the comics that you could say argue he let criminals go in the past, whatever, you know, here and there. But for the but I'd say we'd all agree. He made a deal with Venom that one time. You remember that, Paul? Oh god, don't even start there. Don't even start there. He was gonna come after me, I won't come after you. Yeah, yeah. Deal. Yeah, that that's like that's a thought. <laughs> You know, that's not Spider-Man and shut up anyway. Um, but it's like Spider-Man letting a, a crook run by and him being like, ah, I'm too tired today. Yeah. I'm, I've had a rough day. I'm it's done. It's like playing Spider-Man PS4 and being like, oh, I'm on the way to get this uh, backpack. Oh, there's crime over there. All right. Got to get enough crime tokens. That's essentially what it's like. It's like, let me just get this backpack. Real you just quick. Had, to bring, you had to bring Spider-Man PS4 in here. That's amazing. That's Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So. I remember arguing with a friend. I said, that's like Spider-Man ignoring a crime and saying, ah, I'm, I'm good. That's what Luke is doing. Cause Luke at the end of return of the Jedi, one of the defining moments of this, of that trilogy of that specific trilogy 
was him throwing the lightsaber away and said, no, I'm not going to kill my own father. You know, he chose love over hate. And then episode eight shows up. I'm going to end my nephew's life because he's that, that kid's he evil. And, right. and I'm like, mm, no, <clears throat> a lot of people don't realize in Return of the Jedi that the reason Luke was able to overcome Vader, not only did he wound Vader, obviously, but he was giving into the, the dark side. And he was more powerful than his father at that point. And he was right for the dark side. And in the moment he realized that, that's when he was like, um, no, I'm not doing this because that'll be the final step. And Anakin, Anakin had that same choice in episode six or episode three. Yeah. And you know, and like Anakin's like, ah, eh, you know, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let me go ahead and take that plunge. Yeah. And so that was my main problem. And in, in the fact that Luke just kind of goes into exile because oh I, I made a big mistake and I know that's a, the 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 main theme of of the Last Jedi when when Yoda's talking to him I get where Ryan was going with it but I think I think they could have done it a lot better if they would have edited Ryan a little bit better and because again it's not a terrible movie I'll never say you'll never hear me say it's bad I rip on it like crazy because I I think it's got some major issues like I've I've just said. But I don't think it's terrible either. I still rewatch. It's beautiful in 4K. I have it on 4K. It's gorgeous. Oh, it looks. Like, I haven't seen it in 4K. Oh, it's incredible. It looks. Dude, the inc- space scene in the theater when um when she hits uh hyper hits a uh, wow yeah I'm gonna call it the wrong thing um when you got she, it, yeah. yeah it was hyper hyper speed am I right am I using light the wrong speed. term light, light, light speed light speed see that's start, that's the other thing we're not talking about isn't it um like. In hyperspeed, light speed, that's where we're going. When she hits light speed and then it goes silent in the film and you just see that slice through that whole fleet, man, that's beautiful cinematography right there. That was. That that was a great moment. And again, I, people rip on Holdo. Holdo, that's another one. I don't mind the character, but I didn't like Poe's characterization. I felt Poe po- felt very... Like the first movie, I felt like Poe po didn't have a whole lot to do in the first movie, let's be he honest. Did. First yeah. Well, you're supposed I, to die. He was supposed oh. to die. He was, he was literally supposed to die. And then they, what? <laughs> they, he was supposed to die. And then they kind of, they rewrote him back into the movie because they liked his, they liked his performance so much. Yeah. I can see Oscar Isaac is just easy on the eyes. So yeah, I can he's see charismatic, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, but they, they were just, they went so Oscar Isaac heavy, heavy in the second one with Poe that I definitely felt like they got out of his characterization. Cause mm-hmm. I, I, I mind you, like I can see, the whole thing about him not knowing what's going on, but why would it get to the point where it's like, literally it's like, we're going to leave you in the dark that badly that you cause all this drama for us that we didn't need because you're just so hard headed and hot headed. And we're going to introduce this whole new side of your character. Like I didn't agree with that. Didn't love it. Yeah. And so again, I don't hate Poe and, and again, they go to, go to the very end. Here's my, my, other, my other thing that's kind of weird. And this is where I know it gets kind of clunky for me that I'm, I just kind of see the issues or I think Ryan needed a little more of an editor. Mm-hmm. He needed someone to kind of go in and say, you know, Ryan, we should retool this. So your protagonist is Ray, right? Yeah. Well, after the throne room scene, which is phenomenal, I love the throne room. Uh. Anything, anything with Snow, Kylo Ren and Ray, I'm all about it. And that stuff was great shot great written great i loved it but then 
when as soon as the lights light speed into the ships and light speed whatever and then they split the saber and then she bails and whatever and they go on crate she completely disappears yeah and, she didn't show up until she moves the rocks basically i mean she's like you know she's basically in the, in the falcon going i like this and which by the way <laughs> my wife and i we both make fun of that line we'll say you know we'll be driving around and she'll just be like i like this and so just making fun. It's so bad. It's so bad. And she, she becomes an afterthought because it becomes then Kylo Ren and, and, and Luke Skywalker. This is Lou Groza of the Cleveland Browns. Hi, Ohio for Cleveland. What's up, y'all? That's Anthony Sellers. And that's Eric Jordan. And this is Browns in Our Blood. A weekly show where we talk about our favorite team, the Cleveland Browns. You can catch it in video and podcast. On the hyphen podcast group. Dot com. And Must Long South Vision. So. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I hate y'all. <laughs> I got like 15 seconds. And the movie, so that's one of my biggest criticisms is Ray's like, I felt Ray was very underdelivered in the movie. She's the protagonist. You yeah. know, she leaves. And it's not like the crate scenes are like a short part of the movie. It's a, like 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a good chunk, and she like pretty much disappears and doesn't do anything, and you know, ex- with the exception of saying Chewie, turn over there, and then I like this, and then she you know, and then she shows up and moves the rocks, and then everyone you know, and that's when Luke's like, I won't be the last Jedi. It's that girl Ray with the rocks, and, and so, <laughs> so, so then, and then so, oh god, yeah, and then Finn's like, Do I love you? I don't know if I love you, yeah. but I'm gonna hug you like I love you. Do I love you? That girl kissed me. I'm so confused. <laughs> oh man, we've been there. We've been there, Finn. We've been there. Yeah, you know. So that's so as as you can tell. Another thing, this is another thing about about like it's I don't even hate it, but it bothers me. This the the skim skim speeders, whatever the little things they fly out against the, yeah. the they don't do anything. No, around. they're they're trash. And I'm like, and again, I know that's the point, but I mean, there's it was all for the visual man of that yeah, of those red that red sand on the white planet, man. That's all it was. And it, it, again, it's just like why. It, there great ideas there, but just the execution isn't 100%. It looks beautiful. Everything looks beautiful. I think, uh, what's his name? What's his name? George Lucas said it best. <laughs> and he's very, he's very particular how he, how he expresses his love for the saga films. And you know what he says about last Jedi? It was beautifully made. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a nice way of saying it looks good, but I don't like it. Yeah. And so that's, and I, I'd like it more than, more than that. I like, again, there's all the Luke Ray and Kylo Ren stuff. I, I, I watch that and I eat it up when it's not on them. I go, <sighs> I contemplate hitting the skip button. Yeah, no, I completely get that. Uh, one other thing you didn't touch on. How did you feel about the force projection? I loved it. I thought that was okay. great. No, yeah, I mean, I'm an idiot and I didn't realize because you would have thought that maybe I would have picked up that, oh, he has a different lightsaber in his hair. He looks younger. No, not me in the theater. I'm like, oh, that's, he's not there. No, I'm told, I'm totally that 12, that's that awesome. four year old that didn't catch up on it until the last minute. And then I was like, oh, that's not him. That's, that's incredible. 
So the moment wasn't ruined for me. So obviously you caught on immediately. That wasn't Luke actually there. I knew something was up because of blue lightsaber because they just destroyed it. I th- I felt that was the that was the reason why I I knew that because because they, they just destroyed the blue lightsaber and then he had it. I felt that that was him telling the audience this is not exactly the Luke. I also don't know my lightsaber um history like that because like i've I've recently learned a lot about lightsabers i had no clue about like mm. like in my head it's like oh lightsabers like you can go to store and buy a lightsaber but apparently <laughs> lightsabers are super hard to control and they're yeah. hard to make and like you can't have one unless you're like are force sensitive and all well, these things yeah. and, i mean i don't know the exact canon or what, yeah, which yeah. one is actually right but i i just always assume that if i want to pick up a lightsaber in jedi in star wars i could do that but apparently it's not that easy <laughs> no it, they're Lucas always meant for them was all he, he said he always meant for them to be heavy to hold like, like they were Excalibur. Mm. And so, which has been kind of a, an afterthought, I think in the, in the new movies, but either way, I, I don't hate the last Jedi, but I think it might be the lower, one of the lowest of the most, my favorite star Wars films. It, I, it might be lower than attack of the clones. I don't know yet. I need to figure yeah. that out. When I, when I think about the movie, in certain aspects, I get really irritated. And I'm like, man, Ryan Johnson really botched it. And there are other times I'm like, man, he really did like some cool stuff there. There are some, there are some great moments in Last Jedi. Don't get me wrong. And I think it's a very mood driven film. It I is. Feel like if you're in a terrible mood, I, I, I could even see myself being like, eh, you know what? I don't think I want to sit through this right now. But if I'm in a good mood, I'll be like, yeah, hey, I'll ride, ride this whole thing out. Well, I, I think, and I've always said this too. How how much I'll like the movie will also depend on how it's ended in episode nine. So that's true. If I because I did not like Attack of the Clones when it came out really that much, and for a while, for, for the most part, and I only saw it twice. I bought it on DVD and I liked it a little bit more from there, but I still couldn't connect with it. And then I fell in love with episode three. I mean, I was in love. It's it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies ever. I love episode three and episode three is, is really dope. That's the only one that I saw from the, uh, the prequel movies in the theater. Go, go figure. Huh. Um, I mean, I was, I was broken high in high school in the first couple of years. We all out. were. Yeah. So, and I wasn't, I had, and honestly I had just rediscovered the original trilogy cause they, cause before they did the remaster, they had Lucas or Lucas, Lucas arts, uh, start all those guys, all the star Wars people, they had put out the original trilogy and they put out like the three pack VHS set. My dad oh, got yeah. it for me from a Costco. And so like in 95, 96, I was constantly just rewatching those three films over and over. So when I saw there was a prequel movie or whatever, I was like, oh man, that's cool. I'm, I'm going to definitely check it out. And then I just and, and came to the movies and next thing I know it's 2002, Attack closes out. And then next thing I know it's 2005 and here's episode three. And I'm like, oh, I live in a city that has a, um, as a movie theater and I'm a grown, I'm a grown adult now. So let me just go watch the movie. <laughs> wow. You know, so I missed those, missed those, uh, initial chances to watch star Wars in the theater. My first star Wars was, uh, revenge of the Sith in the movie mm. theater. That's all. And I think revenge of the Sith, I've, what I've, how I describe that movie is star Wars on steroids. Yeah. And yeah, I, I love it. I think, I think it's a great, Great. It's 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 seriously one of the best Star Wars movies ever made. And I don't think it'll I don't think it'll ever change for me. It's number three on my all time. Oh wow. So yeah. The so, yeah, only but- thing I don't like about it is like how of course everybody makes fun of it when when he wakes up as Vader the first time and then he's like, but I love it. you love, I love that? it. I love it. Love it. Oh, wow. I didn't like it at first, but 
it's because it's very. I haven't watched it in a few years, though. To be yeah. completely honest with you, I yeah. probably would appreciate it more now than I, I did in two thousand five. I don't know if you will. Most people who didn't like it then don't like it now. Oh, and I'll be on. Thanks but, for dashing my hopes. Well, but but, but <laughs> the reason why I love it it's because it's it's inspired by Frankenstein, and I think True. and I, and I love that. But I also love that it is just straight up. It's not. I would say it's campiness. It's definitely campy. But I also love the fact that Vader is just like you know he, he's yelling out no, and I. One of the part times then I think about it, it's one of the few times we see Vader vulnerable ever exactly. in that form. I think so, that's what it is. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, man. I, think, I, think, I think we just cracked that. I, I probably am over my my uh, disdain for it now. Yeah, because I, I it's I love the fact that it is weird to see me like, where is Padme? Is she safe? It's a little weird at first because when you first hear it, you're like, oh, this is prequel talk. Invader, but now that the saga's been out and been around, and I've and I've I've come around the prequels for the most part. Saga's I've, almost fifteen. Well, retire or um, uh, episode one just it's twenty years, years. old now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, man. I and right now it's on. It's ingrained in me with the Clone Wars and all that stuff. So to be honest, it all makes sense. It makes sense that you see now the the power that how what he did for Padme, and that now that he's that she's it's not that he's just Vader, but she's gone, and he's like you know he's he's angry and he sees himself and he realizes that everything is gone. His his whole life is now not just his wife, his but his life kids. is gone. Yeah, his yeah. kids, you know, his, or his kid. He only knows he only knows he has one. He kid. only knew one kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's. It's a beautiful film. I think if you watch that part, I know everyone hates to know in the um, Return of the Jedi, and I I get that. I I understand that, but it doesn't bother me. I get it. I I don't mind it. I, I, I call me weird. Call me. I just you know I just I just roll with things with Star Wars. But yeah, George George Lucas gets a pass on all that stuff. I I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to get emotion. He's trying to count. He wants to make that moment special. Though I would agree that Vader not yelling no at the end of Return of the Jedi with picking up. The Emperor, I, I get that being silent about it is 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 a uh, powerful in it itself. But I like him saying no because he lost his wife saying no, and now he's saying no. They, you know, the Emperor Emperor basically took his life and his wife. Now he, he won't take his son, and that I like him kind of emulating, calling back to that. So I get yeah. what George is doing. So I love it's that deep man. I like it. Yeah, see, Star Wars man, it's my, it's my jam. You know, I, I can see that. So. Thank, thank you for for sharing your thoughts on Last Jedi with me because oh, oh. it's literally been two years since I I went on that rant. I was sitting in the parking lot recording on my little my other phone and my microphone, and I'm like, y'all don't like this bleeping movie? I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Blah blah blah. Like, you know what? We're lucky to have Star Wars. You're lucky to have movies like this, and you're sitting there acting like acting like like a bunch of babies. Blah blah blah. And, you know, it, it was bad, but at the same time, I also defended myself. But I was very loud and very aggressive. I, I can tell you that much. That's awesome. So, from from that suspect or unexpected topic, let's move on to some Seattle-based topics. Oh, because you live in Seattle, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I you live tell in... me you don't live in Seattle. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, pod. this second no, time I'm threatening to throw you off. Okay. Like yeah. I live in a suburb. Like no, nah, that's not good enough. Nope. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I live. I, I do uh, live in Seattle. That's I've always wanted to go there for some reason. And it's like 
I, I, I was just, I even just said to my wife, I was like, it's like, yeah, I'm going to talk to my friend, Paul Herman. He lives in Seattle. He's going to try to convince, convince me, um, more about moving to Seattle. And she's like, I don't want to move to Seattle. Rain's there all the time. I'm like, I like rain. She's like, she's like, I don't like rain. And I was like, but, but, and she's like, no, it's not happening. I was like, well, that's, that's sad for me. And I even said to her a few months ago, we were, we were talking about like, you know, that stuff that you talk about when you're husband and wife and we're like, all right, well, what happens when we die? And I'm, we're pretty much sure we're both going to be cremated. And I was like, if I go before you, I need you to make sure that you grab some of my ashes and take them over to Seattle and just throw them off the space needle, throw them in somebody's eye, just so I can say I've been there if I never go. And she's like, why? Don't you want to be with me? I was like, I think you can spare some of my ashes. Just a little bit. Wow. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, Seattle. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love Seattle. It's, it's, it's a special, special place. And uh, I grew up. 45 minutes outside of Seattle. And, uh, I didn't really fall in love with the city until I started getting into music and started going Mm -hmm. to Seattle on a regular basis, seeing shows around Seattle and embracing the music scenes in there and whatnot. So I, uh, yeah, Seattle and obviously being, I became a huge sports fan in 95 because of the Mariners, the Mariners have this magical run and, mm, and I wanted my, to talk about them too. So well, please continue. Yeah. So the, the Mariners made this uh, magical run in 95 and my, my brother has, who it was ended up uh, marrying this, this girl and divorcing her, but they had three oh. kids, but, but this, she, it was meant to be in a sense because she got into his life and she got us all into sports. Cause we were not sports fans really. I, I liked football when I was a kid watching with my dad, but then I could never watch TV in the mornings on Sunday mornings because my dad would watch football all day. And I, and I always hated that and resented that. <laughs> so I resented football because of that reason. Gotcha. And then the kids at school picked on me. We're all into sports. So I hated them too. So yeah, it was all, I was like, sports are, sports are dumb. And then I got, I, then uh, my brother's wife or girlfriend at the time got me really into the Mariners. And I got really into sports. I'm like, sports are actually kind of cool. It's kind of fun. And then I, I immediately got remembered how much I loved watching football in the Seahawks with my dad. And so then I started watching football like that, that following 95 season, I I started watching the football season started, was starting or whatever, right around then. So that 95, 96 season, I got, I started watching football. My brother bought season tickets for the Seahawks and I became a diehard football fan immediately. I just, I just, I got football. I love baseball and basketball. I loved all the major sports, but football, I had a special, it basically became a baseball was my favorite for a couple of years, but then it became football and basketball really fast. And I loved, love football. Football is the only sport I could watch other teams on a regular basis and not my own, not just my own. Yeah. And on, on, I mean like to a point where I, I, I sought out other, I would watch other teams all the time. Whereas basketball and baseball is very hit and miss. Um, yeah, football is my jam. So because of that, I would, I would go to Seattle because of Seahawks games. And then when I got into music, I'd be going to shows constantly trying to play shows in Seattle. I eventually moved to Seattle to live there because I wanted to live in Seattle and be cool, right? And so, oh yeah, and 2005, and I off and on would move back different places, but eventually I met my my wife. We were dating, and I said to her, "She, I remember when we first started dating. She's from Everett, and I'm I'm from Lake Stevens, and we're we're both living in Seattle. And she's like, "Oh, where do you want to live? Like, where do you see yourself living?" I went, "Mm, "Seattle." She's really, she's like, "I'm like, yeah." 
And we knew we were pretty serious. We probably we knew we were probably going to get married. She said, well, would you want to move to Everett? I went, hell no. <laughs> said, Why not? I'm like, I hate Everett. I hate the North. I'd rather live in Shore, Shoreline right outside Seattle or or south of Seattle, which is Burien and uh, Tequila area. Mm-hmm. And I said, there's no way I'm living up North. No, thank you. And uh, my wife and I, we... You know, we got very blessed. We were able to buy buy a house in Seattle, which is not easy. And we were very blessed and fortunate to find a good deal in somewhere that we, because uh, we're right out of the recession, the houses housing market was really really nice, and we were oh, just yeah. happen happened to just kind of wind up in Seattle. So shout I've out lived, to the Big Short. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, I lived out I lived out here. I've lived in Seattle consistently since basically two thousand and I'd say six seven. Nice. So. And I and I and my wife even now is like, you want to move them? Went nope, not moving. Love Seattle, love it. So. so basically, you just said all that to say that when I go out there, I have a place to stay. Correct? Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. I'm hold you to that. Yeah, yeah. Amen. And I'm not going to tell you I'm coming. I'm just going to show up in Seattle. And be like, where's your house, Ellen? You can stay at my place anytime. Oh man, see you're I'm, a big old I'm not, sweetheart. No, I'm not. I'm not lying, dude. My, and I have, I have to be careful who I invite over. My wife is very, very. Int- I know my wife will love you, so oh. I can, I can tell you right now. You have a, anytime you want to come, you, you holler at me. You got, you got a free place to stay. No questions asked. You just awesome. come out with me. So, so that's, yeah. that sounds good to me, man. I appreciate that. See, see it. how I'd work that. I was like, hey, I got a place to stay, right? And you're like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, nice. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it goes without saying. Cool. So I don't know what it is about Seattle that's always drawn it to, drawn me to it at least. Maybe maybe it was cuz I was like, "Oh man, the the um space scene was cool." Or maybe it was cuz way back in the day when MTV used to show reality TV that wasn't Real World Real World's Challenge. They did the <laughs> Real World in Seattle. Oh yeah. I remember, I remember watching the Real World in Seattle and I was like, "Man, that looks like an awesome place to live. I want to go to that fish market where they throw the fish. It looks cool." And you know one of the biggest reasons why I probably love Seattle, though? Mm. It has to be because they used to be home of oh. probably what would be my favorite basketball franchise if there wasn't a little guy named Michael Jordan who played on the world's most popular team when I was coming into my basketball adolescence as a mm. small child. I was like, I like Michael Jordan. I like the Bulls. And unlike <laughs> some people who bailed on the Bulls, I still like the Bulls and I'm suffering now. But... <sighs> I always loved Sean Payton and mm. Sean Payton. Wow. Yeah. I always loved Sean Rock. Kemp yeah. Yeah. and Gary Payton mm. and the Seattle Supersonics, man. Yeah. the It was a weird time when I got into sports because when I got into sports, it was the 95 Mariners. And then right after that, we had the Supersonics win during the, the Bulls legendary run of that yeah. year. The most games. Got won the West finally. Yeah, they won the West, and they were like what sixty. The Bulls what won seventy two games. Is that seventy two. Yeah. Yeah. Then then the, the the Sonics won a measly sixty four. Only like a fantastic record. And then, but in that era or that year, it was second fiddle to the Bulls because the Bulls were had a historic run. But normally every other year that'd be the top seed of everything right but oh, obviously yeah so yeah so that was that was that was rough and that was my introduction they won 57 games that year, or no i'm wrong that was in 97 i'm a liar uh they won you 60 said 64 something. let's let's see you're right 64 games boom uh, baby 18 losses i very I, nice I, sir oh yeah I, I, defensive I, player of the year man gary payton 
Sean Kemp before he went to Cleveland and got fat. Um, I don't like that was all I remember as a kid. Like I I love like I wasn't a big Shaq fan. I like Penny Hardaway. I love Grant Hill um, when he was in Detroit. Uh, I was a big Scottie Pippen fan. Oh, and thanks, by the way, for uh, trading on Scottie Pippen in 1987. Appreciate that. Um, And then not actually going through the Scottie Pippen trade in 95 or whatever as we were going to try to trade him back. Thanks. We appreciate that, too. Anyway, I I just like one of the things that always stuck out to me as a kid was Gary Payton throwing alley-oops from the freaking three-point line across the court. And then Kemp just constantly going up and throwing them down and all those highlight dunks. But those teams were just so good. And then you throw in Detlef Shrimp, you throw in Hershey Hawkins, Hawkins later, yep. Big Smooth, Sam Big Perkins. Smooth. Oh, Man. yeah. And then you can even throw in the old guys, like even the, the younger Seattle teams before like 95, like they had uh what was Ricky Pierce was on the team. They had uh they had a couple sharpshooters that was real good. Um they had one a player that had one of my favorite basketball names, even though it was trash. Olden Polonese was on the team. Old Old Polonese. Oh, I yeah, remember Olden. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But I just always loved the the Supersonics. And I and honestly. The moment that I was really rooting for him was a 93 man because I wanted somebody to knock off the Barkley Suns so bad. Oh, yeah. I didn't want them to get to the finals. And then they went seven games with the Suns and then lost game seven. And the Bulls still won the title, but I really wanted Seattle to go then. And if the Bulls hadn't been there, it would have always been the Sonics for me. Even when they changed their, their uniforms, which I didn't disagree with, I was still a Sonics fan. I still own a Sonics jersey. Because I have a Ray Allen throwback that I've kept all these years that I still have, and I still will break out when the weather's warm enough. I just love that franchise, and I hate what happened to him, man. Man, you opened a lot of wounds up right there, Holmes. I, I, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I, I had to do it. I, Last Jedi. Um, I'm like Roy <laughs> Firestone, man. I'm trying to <laughs> That was that was painful because basketball was my second love after football. I loved mm-hmm. that was that was the one sport I felt like I, I, I when I was before I got into music that I got really was really into sports. Basically, I went from comics. I got really into sports. That's what kind of took over. I think my my passions. And I remember being so late to sports. Everyone had been playing sports for like four or five six years and devoting a lot of time to it. And I was terrible. I remember shooting baskets in my house constantly just to shoot so I could play at gym and be somewhat respectable because everyone thought I was so terrible. And I'll never forget a couple times in high school, I would did okay during games or whatever. And they were a little like, Oh man, Herman can shoot a little bit. And I, <laughs> I'm an okay jumper. I could play D though. I could D up. No problem. I can get people's heads and you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, I, even though I was a little chunker, I was I was a lot quicker than people anticipated. You were Kurt Rambis and dudes and clothesline them, were you? No, 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 no. I was, but I would, you know, but I would get up on them and make him. I'm like, okay, you want to? I'm not going to make you shoot over me. I'm going to make you drive it to the hole. You know, yeah, so I would get up, so I'd make him drive, and obviously no one could get around me really. So they'd have to, you know, they had to be really fast in order to get around me because that's the thing. Even though I I was chunker and whatever, I could. I could move kind of quickly. So they'd have to be really precise, you know, and, and some kids were really good and they could do that, but not everyone could. So anyway, so basketball was always one of those sports. I felt I could, I could actually hold my own and, and I love the play. I, I could, I'd play right now. I'm terrible now, man. I, my, my jumpers. I'm gone. the same. Yeah. I, I, my, I grew a few inches and my jumper that I worked so hard on in junior high, it, it fails me. It's yeah. no longer there. Yeah. I wish I, it was there for a while. And then I just, I stopped playing and I stopped shooting and, yeah, I mean, I could probably get it back if I 
practice a while, but I just, you know, don't have time. Who has time for that? Yeah, exactly. I got, I got, I'm <laughs> podcasting, trying to play, you know, I'm playing music again. I mean, I got too much stuff going on. So, but yeah, I, basketball was, was my, my, my favorite sport to play. That's the that major sport. And so when the whole fiasco of selling the team to Clay Bennett and all that, that was devastating, straight up devastating. And still, it's still hard on me. Honestly, it's still depressing when we, when uh, Chris Hansen bought the Kings and was going to bring him to Seattle and then David Stern. That was gut wrenching. That was gut wrenching too. And you know what? It's all David Stern. I just hate David Stern. Hate David Stern is, is an awful person. Sorry. He is. And I just don't understand. I'm not against that. He's no Goodell, thankfully, but he's not, he has his bad, his bad side as well. No, he, yeah, he's, he's bad, man. He's bad news. And he, he, it was all the, the owners voted against it because Stern didn't want it. Stern, he did not want to lose for whatever, whatever stupid, I still understand. You may, there may be Sacramento Kings fans out there who are like, no, we need a team in Sacramento. It's like, you you have no idea right now how dumb the NBA looks. They have, Seattle is like a thriving, one of the most up, it's not even up and coming. It's, it's, I, I think it's like we're 12th market in the United States <laughs> and we're only growing. And, right. and they have no basketball team there. And the 12th biggest market in the United States. But they have a team in Sacramento, Oklahoma, Charlotte, multiple, you know, New Orleans. Again, these are, I'm not saying these are chomp, they're chump cities, but they're no Seattle. Right. Seattle's bigger than all of them. And they are killing themselves by having these small market teams everywhere. So it's a Dust Bowl league almost. And you've got four teams in California. And you have two two in the same city and two are right by each other in Sacramento and in golden States. Doesn't make any sense. I know, man, I I get it. And I mean, and if you even want to look at the WNBA, it's like the Seattle storm just won the championship like last year. (laughs) And it's like, we don't, we still don't want a team here. It's like, what, what in the world? It just kills me to even think about it, man. Yeah, man. It's, I get so mad and I hate the thunder. I, I hate, 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 hate the thunder. I hate that they got y'all's colors and your history and all that stuff. Yeah. I know that supposedly one, if Seattle gets the franchise, they get it back, but it's shared. So all y'all's history is part of OKC's history. Now it's not like they're going to split it off yeah. or it should have be rightfully split. That's, that's not the deal that was cut. It's, it's sickening. And yeah. I watched the Sonic's gate movie when it came out. I have it somewhere on DVD. Um, when that came out a few years ago, I mean, you lived it. You probably never want to watch that thing. Yeah, but yep, I, you're, exactly. Yep. I was heartbroken watching that. And like, because it, it literally breaks down everything to you. And people don't realize the deception that went on with that franchise getting ripped out of there, man. And I mean, when even like in OKC, like there was routinely times where before he became a, tur- a total jerkwide that Kevin Durant would say how much that miss said that he missed Seattle and he missed the fans whenever it was brought up to him. And he was there one year before he got moved. Yep. Yeah. So so it just it, goes to show you. It, well, it shows you too that KD doesn't even like the fans in o- Oklahoma. They they treated him like crap. And yeah. and it's straight up. I I argue with with Oklahoma fans constantly whenever I can. I I love shoving their face. I'm like, you don't deserve that team. No. You don't. You don't deserve it at all. And I also love that they all turned on him. And I get it. Like we, we do. Do you think we liked Alex Rodriguez when he left? No. No, and I, I get it, but at the same, you know, I get it, I get it, but we, it's um, 
you know, we didn't, I don't think we, and granted it's different times and social media has definitely opened up a lot of different things as we all know, but yeah, I, Oklahoma have not, I've not been impressed with their fan base. Not obviously every fan's awful, but just, it just, to me, they've just been, they've kind of, been, they've been spoiled. And, but you know what? I, I do, I hate to say it. I believe in curses. And I think the Sonic, there is a Sonics curse on that team. I really, really do. I think so too. And the, and somewhere out there, I even found a YouTube video not too long ago of some guy in his car putting a, literally putting a curse on the, on the thunder. And then they're saying like the thunder haven't won in all these years. Could this man's uh, promise be coming true? <laughs> so, yeah, right. Yeah. I love Could, YouTube, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Think about this. They haven't, they've, they've had the best team in the league and they've gone and they've lost the finals and when they probably should have won. And they and should have won what, multiple championships with yeah, that roster, and look yeah, what happened with it look, now. Yeah, none of I, them's there. None of them's there. And they I have think Chris Paul, who I love to death, and that's sarcasm. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's they should have won championships, and they didn't. Like, think about this: if there's any one time they should have won, it's there right, with, those, yeah. with those players, and they didn't. And that that does not come every 10, 15 years, and if you're lucky. If you're lucky, you may get less than that. You make it every eight, seven years. But let's be real. It's going to be a while before they have a roster like that, if not ever again. And they didn't win. And I really do think there's a Sonic. There's a, there is a until, until Seattle gets a team, they will be cursed forever, in my opinion. I, I just don't see them ever win. I just, you know what? Because every time I'm like, oh, they might win. Nope. Something happens. So, yeah. Um, And, and then uh, before we get to, uh, the 12th man part of the podcast. I do want to mention briefly that one of my, probably one of my favorite, the favorite baseball player of my whole lifetime played for you guys mm. in Seattle. And that's Ken Griffey jr. Oh, legend. Yeah. Yeah. Legend. And I, I just recently bought a pair of Griffey's my, finally my first pair of Griffey's after all these years nice. and I love them. And I was like, like my wife said, Hey, you can get a, a, a nice pair of shoes again. And I was like, Oh, for real. And she's like, yeah, I, I could not decide. I spent weeks, Paul, looking at all these shoes that I wanted to get. And I ran across these Griffies and I was like, gotta get them. And, <laughs> and I love those shoes, man. Like those, those Seattle teams, some of those Seattle players that came through with the exception of n- not to say anything against A-Rod, cause I enjoyed what Alex Rodriguez did in Seattle while he was there. Um, I mean, obviously he signed with the Rangers when he became a free agent and then went on to do what he did with uh, that team that I won't say their name on this podcast, but between Griffey and Randy Johnson hitting birds and the Martinez brothers, and they weren't really brothers. Um, but just that whole vibe in Seattle, um, I was a big fan of, of them constantly. And like you said, the 95 season was one that was one of their best in history. Yeah. And then they ran into a team that I also liked around that time, which was the Cleveland Indians with that, like Albert Bell and, and Albert uh, Bell. Yeah. Albert Bell and Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, that, that was a stacked team. I, I enjoyed the, I liked those Indians team in the nineties. Um, but I, I really liked a lot of, uh, Mariners baseball that went down. And of course y'all ended up with another class act who recently finally hung up his cleats, even though he really didn't have to. Um, and that was uh, Ichiro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so y'all have had a lot of talent come through that city, man. Yeah, we've been we've been blessed. The Mariners obviously have not been good for, uh, or or at least from postseason good for twenty years, and that's been that flew by, man. Because I remember thinking, oh, we'll be back, we'll be back, you know, soon, and it just felt 
it's, it hasn't happened yet. And it just feels like yesterday we were, we were the, the, we won the most games in, in or NFL and major league baseball history. And now we haven't been yeah. back to the playoffs since it's crazy to me to think about that. And you know, it's funny how qu- quickly this the sport change. The especially baseball, baseball can turn on a dime on you, man. Because I, I just remember the, um, I'm I'm a I claim to be a Red Sox fan now. I haven't really been following the team since Big Poppy retired, but I remember the 2011 season when we had we had all those wins and kept rattling off wins, 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 and then just why it was my first time watching my team collapse in the summer and just watching them just. August and September just completely stink up the whole league and then end up missing the playoffs. And I, I it hurt so bad, man. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, there's baseball is just one of those things where I have a hard time getting invested into the game because there's no salary cap. I do too. And it's, I'm sorry, baseball needs a salary cap. It's if you want your sport to thrive, you need to give some limitations to it. Now, granted, I know I I don't remember the NBA rules, but I know they have a they have a quote unquote salary cap that people mm-hmm. obviously supposedly adhere to. Yeah, that not really, and it's one of those kind of wink, wink, nod, nod salary caps. But yeah. I think I I think both sports honestly need it because even though there is a, there's a little more parity in the NBA. There's not enough parity, even, and I don't. I don't even watch the NBA anymore because I don't have a team. So I, I just can't get invested in it until I get my Sonics back. I cannot get invested, and I don't blame you, man. And but like the NFL, I look at what they do, and they are, you know, granted they're not perfect, but you know they have they have parity. Teams can be bad one year and then be great the next because of the salary cap because everything's on an equal footing, and I think that's what's missing in the the major sports or the other major sports. I don't know hockey at all. We're getting a hockey team soon. We're very excited to go in there, but there's just not, there's just, there's no, there's no balance. Everyone can just sign and do whatever. I feel that if baseball and, and obviously the labor union is never going to do it, but maybe, maybe they will one day if the sport gets that bad, if no one's watching this and you know what? Yeah, you guys can, you guys can say we don't want a salary cap, but if you don't get a salary cap, no one's going to watch these games because only the or you're only going to have four teams that are playing, and you have to start a whole you'll be playing the minor leagues forever because there's no no one's no one's going to care about your your these teams anymore. Yeah, and that and that's what's happening. I mean, even this because even look at the Mariners; they have a they have a you know they had a middle range uh, salary cap, not the worst, not the best, but you know, you know adequate, and they didn't win forever. And so it's just, yeah, the records was either below 500 or right around 500 to pass like five, six years. And these other teams, you know, I don't know. I just, like I said, I I think I would be more excited if they had more parity in the leagues and they just don't. And because I know my team until like my team actually shows that we have good players and we can actually do stuff with it. I'm, you know, we'll see. But yeah, right now I just don't, I just don't see it. So baseball is one of those things. I just yeah can get I guess can't get behind it right now. I, I still keep in track of my team and I was, I'll watch them as much as I can, but it's just there's nothing really to watch, right? Yeah, no, I can I can completely agree because it, it's hard to watch, especially in the 162 game season. It's hard to watch your team be mediocre night in and night out. And I, we have the Pirates an hour away from where I'm at, and we've gone to a few Pirates games and stuff. And it's kind of like it's the only Pittsburgh team I'll even pull for because I feel like liking the Penguins is too bandwagony for me 
and then I will never like the Steelers. So, like, uh, the the Pirates are the one thing we can kind of get behind. And going up there and watching them suffer the way that they do, it, it's just heartbreaking, man. It's it's hard to watch. And it's like, how come how come this isn't changing? Like, you would think that it'd be easy to, let's go, go through the draft. Let's make some trades. Let's save up. Let's pay some people to come here. But nobody wants to come to Pittsburgh, man. Like, w- once Barry Bonds left, I mean, there was no, no one's been to Pittsburgh since. Oh, man, Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> There's just not, yeah. There's just not a lot going on there. So there's yeah, a lot of lot of bad bad teams. Yeah, but you do want to talk about some happy feelings because yeah, uh, I, I've like drug you through. Let's see, I made you your last Jedi and the Sonics leaving, and now see, yeah, the Mariners sucking. Apparently, y'all have a good football team yeah, most okay. of the time. Yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, they're competing still. Yeah. They've won Super Bowls in the last what five six years now. Yeah. Um, uh, you sound very, very uh, not energetic about this. Is this no, I no, you no. I gotta shock you back to life here. No, no, no. I, I'm just, I'm trying to be humble about my team. Oh, no, I'm, I'm you gotta brag right now. You know why you gotta brag? Well, because you were literally one bad play on the goal line away from beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl and having thanks, two Super Bowl titles. Thanks for reminding me. Thanks for reminding me. That was, that was a. Rough... You know how close the Raiders have been to the Super Bowl title? Um, ask John Gruden in 2003. Oh, <laughs> oh I remember. Yeah. Oh man, that was. Whoo! Ask him, John Gruden, how much uh, cash the Buccaneers gave us that year for his contract. That's how close the Raiders have been to a Super Bowl in my lifetime, other than them winning when I was one, which doesn't yeah. count for me. It doesn't count. That doesn't count. No, it, exactly. The Seahawks have been again. That was been that football has been my favorite my favorite sport for a long time, and I'm not a Fairweather Seahawks fan. I have been a diehard Seahawks fan for a long time. I've been through multiple coaching reg, uh, regimens and from Dennis Erickson to Mike Holmgren to the one year of G, uh, John, or Jim, John Moore, Jim Mora into the Pete Carroll era. And there's been highs and lows and all there. And, and, uh, but you know, this, this new iteration of, of Pete Carroll and John Snyder, the, the, the team working together, which no one understood why it would work because John was the president and, and the uh, pretty much running all the football operations and, Pete was the vice president. Everyone thought you're, you're not going to, that can't coexist. And it's been coexisting for almost 10 years. And yes, it it's, it's amazing. And I love John Snyder. He's hilarious. And I love Pete Carroll. I love Russell Wilson. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy. Cause you, you always, you always were on the outside looking in as a Seahawks fan. You had good quarterbacks like a Matt Hasselbeck or a Jim Zorn or uh, Dave Craig, but you never Man, had, you call you those never, good quarterbacks. <laughs> I, when I say good quarterbacks, I mean like I mean Hasselbeck did get you to the Super Bowl, so I, I, there's that. He was a good no, he was a good quarterback. Zorn was was a good quarterback. Craig was, yeah, he was he was he was decent, but he had he threw a lot of interceptions from what I understand. I, I don't remember the whole thing, but Craig did get he did go to the playoffs a number of years and, and wasn't he didn't play always terrible, but. He was he was the most inconsistent of the three, but Hasselbeck was was a good. I would all, I will defend Matt Hasselbeck. A lot of Seahawks fans, my a lot of older Seahawks fans hated Matt Hasselbeck, including my dad. But my dad had my brother and I always joke because he's a diehard Seahawks fan too. My my brother, and we always jokes. My dad he goes Hasselbeck Hasselbutt. He's always called Hasselbutt. And <laughs> the silliest thing ever. My dad, your my dad brother, got I'm, jokes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, Hasselbutt. We're like, Hasselbutt. We're just like, oh, <laughs> so bad. And he just hated, he hated him. He hated him at Hasselbeck. And for me, 
Matt, I thought Matt was great. I thought Matt was underrated and he will always be good. And he, people forget there was a, the year after we went to the Super Bowl, he, Sean Alexander hurt his hand, was out for a while. And the mm-hmm. offensive line, we lost. Uh, Wasn't that the year he was on Madden? <laughs> yeah, it was actually. Yeah. And then he, we lost um, Steve Hutchinson in the offseason to, uh, um, was that the season afterwards? I forgot which one it was. But either way, we lost Steve Hutchinson the year, some one year. One year we lost Sean Alexander, and our offensive line was not playing well. Even though we had Hutch and Walter Jones, two Hall of Famers on one one side, we could not run the football. And I remember Mike Holmgren saying, "We're, ne- we're we are now going to just be primarily a passing team." He told people what we were going to do, and Matt still played really, really well. And we went to the playoffs and had a home game, playoff game. So it's not like Matt was complete garbage and was you know just moderately adequate. No, no, Matt was awesome. And played. In fact, yeah, that's what happened. Matt got hurt the year, the next year we went to the, the year after we went to the Super Bowl, and that's when we had Hutch and everyone, and we had uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Seneca Wallace was the backup quarterback. Seneca Wallace, yeah, yeah, he was great. He was he was a great backup, ahead of his time. You know, if he would have came out now, he might have been a first round draft pick, honestly, possibly because he was running, he was doing the Russell Wilson running around, but he was too short, quote unquote. No one gave him a chance. No one really developed him, even though he was a backup for us. But he went two and two. I think he didn't light it on fire. And then Matt, you know, we tried that year. We our defense wasn't quite good enough. And then we lost uh, Hutchinson in the poison pill. And then it was that year, <laughs> that was the year that Matt was healthy. But that's when we couldn't run the football because our offensive line was terrible. That's what happened. And then. Holmgren said, we're going to throw the football. That's all we're going to do. And he did. He threw the football a lot. And Matt did really well. Matt played well for a long time, and he was a good quarterback. And I I will defend Matt to this dying day. And, and every Seahawks fan, I think, that's younger than, you know, around my age or a little bit younger, a little bit older, around, around my brother's age, we all appreciate what Matt did. Matt was a great, great quarterback. And he really... One of my favorite images in, in uh, Seahawks history, and this still stands up today. One of my favorite images is actually uh, Matt running into the in the end zone in the, in the 2005 playoffs against the Redskins, and he's and it shows him and he's like right at like the, like the corner of like where the pylon is to kind of he's snuck in and he has his hands up and he's 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 just snuck in there and he's got his hands up the football's up and he's like he's like yeah he's like he's just really happy and excited. Just looks super, you know, happy. And there's Sean Springs laying down behind him, face up, looking at Matt Hasselbeck. And if you know your Seahawks history, you know Sean Springs was drafted by the Seahawks. Seahawks. And he hated living in and were and playing in Seattle. He said playing in Seattle is like playing in Egypt. Whew. And I'll never forget him talking so much That's trash nice. about yeah, <laughs> talking trash when he was in we, talking trash on his way out. How Seattle was this, and they're not. I hated living in Seattle, and he had to come here. And then Matt, and then that picture, Sean Springs looking up at Matt Hasselbeck. The we had the best record in the league that year, or in the NFC that year, and we had home field. And Matt's scoring basically, you know, scoring on Sean Springs, or you know, scoring a touchdown. You know, standing up quarterback with the with the Sean Springs third round draft pick, or uh, yeah, I think he was third round draft pick, staring up at Matt Hasselbeck. Loved it after what he said. It was like a magical moment. That was just magical. Loved That's it. That's awesome. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at that picture now. That that is a that's a pretty great moment. See, I I've seen that before, but I never realized the significance of it. So yeah, see, there's there's lots of weird and every team has moments like that, right? I mean, there's also a moment in which I didn't know about until I was it was random. It was back in the pre uh, this is when I was in high school. We had just made the playoffs um, with Mike Holmgren. They were counting down the the top five best plays in Seahawks history. And at that point, we hadn't done much, really. We went to the playoffs a couple times, lost to the Raiders, your team. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, we didn't really done much. One of our top five moments, it's actually a pretty cool moment. But if you look back, you're, you're like, that's one of your top five moments ever? That's pretty sad. <laughs> no. But it, so, so it was um, apparently, and again, you have to know the history. And they they explain it all on, on this thing. So um, obviously, um, oh my gosh, I I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. Steve Largent. I couldn't remember Steve Largent's name Steve for a minute. Steve Largent, the legend, one of Steve the best Largent. wide receivers in yeah. NFL history. No, hardly any talent just could run the best routes, better routes than anyone ever, pretty mm-hmm. much, and just was smart as heck. And uh, anyway, so Steve Largent is a uh, one of the top five plays is this play where uh, Steve Largent. Um, but I think the year before was, was hit by this Bronco player, broke his arm. Ugh. Um, and Bronco guy was celebrating and was like, yeah, you know, I'm so tough. And, and like, and he was out, you know, and broke, I broke the, your arm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Basically, you know, back in the day, you know, we all know the NFL back in those days were, it was, it was like basically like apocalypse, right. You know, on the field, it was anything almost went. Yeah. So it was, it was tough out there. I mean, I, I don't remember the hit. I almost want to say it was a cheap shot. But I don't remember. But I, I exactly. But basically, this guy broke his arm, and, and it was a big deal because he was like, it was kind of a took him out, and it was kind of depressing and whatever. Well, the top five play of Seahawks history at this moment was Steve Largent in the Kingdom. This guy, same player, intercepts the ball and is running, and <laughs> Steve Largent knocks him out. And then he fumbles the football after he intercepts it because Steve Largent just knocks him out. Clean. Oh, nice! Just if you look, if you look up Steve Largent interse- um, knockout or a hit, um, whatever. If you look up whatever, you type that in YouTube. If you type it in mm-hmm. now, Kelly, see it. It's a beautiful hit. He destroys this guy. I mean, you could tell. He said, "Oh, here's my moment," and he took it and he got it and he got his revenge because the guy just got laid out. I gotta find it. Yeah, go find it because Mike Harden. It might be him. I think that's him. Look it up. If you watch Football it. life. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to find it. It is beautiful because he just large and. Ooh. Yeah, you, Ooh. See that? you see that hit? That's after he wow. got. Yeah. So, he, so people, if you look at that hit, that's after this guy intercepts the ball, thinks he's going to get, you know, oh, I'm going to. And then large. And then he recovered it, too. Yeah, that's he recovers it. He recovers it, too. Isn't that amazing? Largent's, wow. Largent's an OG, dude. Largent's an OG. Good goodness, he knocked the poop out of him. Yeah, man. He knocked <laughs> around, dude. Largent, you know, you could say. And it's the Broncos who I hate, which yeah, works exactly. out for me. But, man, that but you have to know the backstory to know that was a big deal because it wasn't just the hit. The fact that this guy took out, he broke his arm the year before. And then Largent's like, oh, here's my chance. And he, he you could he tell. He nailed him, man. He, yeah, you could tell he had something extra on that one. You could tell Steve Largent's a good-natured person by by nature. But you could tell he had some extra oomph on that one. He was like, all right, buddy, you're going to get it now. Here's my chance. And he took it. And he, he, you got you to gotta hand it to the guy. He knew how to hit, man. That's a hit. We all knew how to hit back then, man. There was yeah, no question. 
That's true. You can't you can't be soft in the NFL back in those days. You can be a little soft now and get away with it, but not in those days. If you were soft, you were out. You couldn't handle it. You it doesn't matter how talented you were. If you couldn't be, you weren't tough physically tough. You weren't in the NFL. And I kind of miss that. I'm also glad that you know obviously people are healthier now too. That's that's also yeah. good. It, but, it's no. so it's so safe that uh, we saw a man getting knocked so hard yesterday that he almost looked like he was dead for about 15 seconds yesterday. Yeah, he had the Steelers quarterback. But I mean, it is safer. It's safer, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's not. still a dangerous sport. But yeah, it's that was that was one of my that was an amazing moment. That was like the top five. I was like, the, I think that was a top the number one moment if I'm not mistaken at the time. It was something like that. It was something ridiculous how high it was. That's so awesome, man. But that, that, but that, that was a young, and that was a young franchise still. Was he still, was, he was not ready. Like Harden was like, dude, the dude, and then it's like, blah. Would that, would that be a penalty today? You think? No, man, that was a clean hit, though. Let me, I'm gonna have to watch it again. Hold up, it's still up on YouTube. Because I think, because I don't I feel like I was clean. I don't. Was it blindsided? See. I mean, how is that? No, working? he was. All right, he he didn't see him, so he. I don't think it was. He definitely did not because he came from behind him. Mm. Yeah, so he came from behind him after he – yeah, because he was obviously on offense. So he turned around and went after him, and uh, then he hit him, man. Oh, man. And, a, yeah, Jim Zorn's on here talking about it. Let's see. Oh, okay, he did get the face mask, though. It, it, it would have been unnecessary roughness. It would have been helmet to helmet because yeah. he definitely smashed his helmet into his face mask. But back, see, back in the day, though, that was that was that that happened every play. I mean, you used your helmet. To destroy people. That's the way love goes. Essentially. Yeah, 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 man. I, but, but football for me, football is the the is my favorite sport because it's not just. Again, this is why I have a problem with college. I know you're a big college guy. Uh. Well, you, well, you're, you're, well, West Virginia, right? That's your team. Yeah, I mean, DVU is fine. I don't love them because they make stupid decisions all the time. Oh yeah, all, all um, of them, right? But I mean, I, in general, though, I'm I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, of college football just because of the whole process of the NCAA and everything else. Oh, so yeah. they're crooked. Um, yeah. Yeah. With all, with all that, uh, I don't love that, but, um, man, uh, we'll see. That, that's crazy, man. Well, see, here, here's the thing with, with college football. I, I love the game of football. I don't, I love it. At it's highest form of, of, of being played. I don't love, I don't like college as much because, I hate the little rules that are in there that have been around. I know they've been around forever in their tradition, but I hate one foot down. I hate clock stops at, at first downs. And I, the biggest thing I don't like is when people try to tell me these people, these, these, these people play with their hearts. They don't play for money, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, yeah, but the problem is these people run as fast as I do. And they're playing <laughs> up against people who run like four, four and anyone who's an elite athlete dominates. Like that's goes without saying it, it, if you're if you, if you have a team that's that has the best athletes, you are going to win every time. Exactly. And, and but in the NFL, everyone is good. You cannot just rely on you can you that helps you. You need talent, obviously, but you can you also need people that are role players that are that have the you know that have you got to have people who are disciplined. You actually have to have skill and learn your your skills and art. And as opposed to just being a dominant guy who can run past the guy who runs fast as I can, who's trying to cover, it's like me trying to cover Terrell Owens or something like that. That's what it feels <laughs> like. It's like, it doesn't work that way. Right. So, and that's college football. And that's why it's like, you have 52 to three and crap like that. Like it doesn't matter. So for me, 
I, yes, there's certain certain college games I'll get more. I'll 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 tune into like the, I'll actually like the college playoffs. I think that's good. And they're yeah, I mean that's when it's supposed to be at its best. So that's right. completely yeah. understandable. Quote unquote supposed to be supposed. And, to be. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, the NFL just again there's that you know the term any given Sunday. Any that's, given Sunday. That's not that is not the case for college. We all know <laughs> it's very rare. There's a, upsets are more of a big deal in college because you don't see them coming. Whereas the NFL, you own 16 or the own 15 dolphins can go in and beat a pretty good team and, and they don't expect it. And that's because the football, again, when you have the, the same kind of athletes kind of clicking on one day and another athletes aren't clicking and the ball rotates another way. And then all of a sudden that momentum and it's crazy, man. I, I just, I, I love that. I love the fact also that I love this, this, the games within games of football. I love. There's so many little oh, things like that. God, I just love it because it's, it's everything has to be hitting in order to, in order to be good. You have to, you can't just be, Oh, we got, we have an amazing, like in basketball. Oh, we got an amazing center who can like rebound every, every, every ball. And, we're, and pretty much when we went from winning only 15 games, to like now we can win 40 games. And that kind of thing. No, no, no. In football, oh, great. We got a great wide receiver. He's a you know, guy can run 4.0 or you know, whatever. Whatever it's ridiculous time speeds out there. And this guy is, you know, can run, run past people like crazy. But you also need the quarterback. You also need an offensive line to block for him. You also need to call the right plays. There's so much that goes into the game of football that I love that's turned into that. I love all that strategy. I love it. I mean, that's, that's the stuff I love, man. I love watching on NFL network. I'll watch people just breaking down plays. Like this guy does a curl route here. He does, and this guy does it. You know, he clears out this one. And I just love that stuff. Right. Love um, it. I am. Um, this is my first year not playing fantasy in ages. Cause mm. I've, I was always been a big fantasy football guy. And last year I just, I, I was in three different leagues, four different leagues or something like that. I ended up winning like one of them and like winning like my sixth championship. No big deal. But seriously, um, with with the fantasy football, it was just like during the regular season, I was just kind of like, you know, I'm kind of sick of just watching football just to see how my fantasy players do. I was like, I'm losing, I'm getting away from actually enjoying football. So I was like, I, next year I, I'm going, if I can stick to it, I'm not going to play fantasy. And I've done well so far this year, and I have enjoyed the crap out of watching Red Zone or whatever game happens to be on in my area mm-hmm. and just sitting down and watching the game and just watching things unfold. Like I hate to say it, but I watched Tom Brady pick about this, pick apart the Steelers week one. And I was like, this is the first time in my life I've ever enjoyed watching Tom Brady throw as a quarterback because there was no implications for me. It was literally, I was watching football. Tom Brady's going Tom Brady at this point. There's nothing we can do about it. So he, he's not necessarily playing as well right now, but still I, I have really enjoyed watching football again. And it helps that if you have ESPN plus, you can watch NFL primetime and listen to Chris Berman and, and, uh, and Tom Jackson do the highlights too. But I've really enjoyed just watching football as a whole without having all that extra stuff to worry about with who's hurt and who's not hurt and who's coming up, who's going to give me these points and all these other things. Like it's literally, I've gotten back to being a fan of the sport and I'm, I've really enjoyed football this year. Yeah. I, I, I didn't play a couple of years ago and it was great. I, I, and fantasy is fun, but I, I just love watching the games. I, I we were, I was watching when we we're talking and watching this Cleveland game, Cleveland just getting destroyed by oh, I know. San Francisco. But that's the thing. I just love. I just love watching it, man. I mean, one of my favorite things to do in my in, in the world, and I did this yesterday, was I'll 
it, it only works when my team's not playing. There's no stress. When it's, when my team's playing, I can't do this as well. But I love it when there's a buy or there's they have a they have a Monday night game. I can I can relax a little bit on Sundays. But I'll read comics and watch TV at the same time. Oh, it's glorious! Oh man, watching NFL, reading comics at the same time is it sounds is, so nice. I, dude, I have not done that. It's also hard with a five year old, but I've not got, done yeah, that in years. Yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. That that is that is pretty much heaven for me right now. That was and I was able to cut, catch up on all the Star Wars comics I needed to do, and that was amazing. So that. That is, and when your team's bad and you don't have the stress, it's a little different, you know. Like I'd probably, I'd probably do this. Yeah, the Raiders keep winning this year. Like I, I, even after the AB stuff finally got settled, and that worked out in our favor, of course. But I was like, I just expected us to be bad again, and then all of a sudden we're three and two. I know it's only five weeks in, but it's like, hey, can I just like expect y'all to be bad and y'all not like make me stress out about whether or not we win or lose, like come week eight and nine, I don't need that kind of stress. I just want to, I want my team to be good, but I don't think we're there yet. And I still don't believe in Gruden. So y'all are, y'all are just adding all this stress to me that I don't want to deal with. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Football is a, uh, football is my jam. And I, I, everyone, I, I people argue with me all the time. Oh, I hate the NFL and all the flags. And yeah, there's a lot of flags. And, and at the same time, this game, just, there's nothing else like it. And the NFL has got me. I have, I will, so I will watch, I will watch NFL for a long time unless it's unless it becomes literal a, a a literal shell of itself. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, we'll see. That's awesome. All right, so we've covered a lot, man. We, yeah, we've man. done podcasting. We've talked about Last Jedi. We talked about why you're in Seattle. We talked about Little's heartbreak with the Sonics and Mariners. We talked about the the Seahawks. So I have like one last question for you, and then I'll leave you alone. Oh. Okay. And and I'm I, I, this is my personal feeling on, and this has nothing to do with Scorsese, but we've been through twenty plus movies at this point, right? Right. A- am I crazy as as privileged as we are to have these films? Am I crazy to be a little sick of the MCU? Because I mm. wanted to pose this question to you because you deal with something where you're on a podcast where you talk about Marvel movies all the time. And sure. on this podcast, I talk about Marvel movies when they come out um, most of the time. And like the Spider-Man Far From Home one episode, like we we did it and I, it came out good, but I was not looking forward to it. I was like, I can't believe I got to sit down and talk about another Marvel movie. And maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just being a little ungrateful, but am I wrong to be a little sick of the, of the MCU? <sighs> you know, you know, Kellen, I, I think for you, probably not. And I think that I can, I see where people are tired of, could be tired of it. I can see that because it's been like, it's been going on for 20 films and they've, they've, they've done a, I think they've done an amazing job building oh, their universe. I don't I want mean, to take anything away from what they've done. I, I do not hate the MCU by any shade of imagination. It's just like, um, I'm glad there's a nice gap before we get Black Widow next year. Right. But then it's like, if like say if there was a film next month, I don't know if I could get up for it, man. I, I kind of ran into this Ragnarok, ironically enough, where I didn't get up for Ragnarok and I regretted it so bad because mm. I didn't see Ragnarok until months later. Wow. Um, but it, it was literally, and also I, I kind of had some things going on in life. Sure, yeah. But yeah, still, yeah. I... I it wasn't that I was burned out then. It was just like, eh, I'll get to it. And then I didn't. And I got behind and then I, I was kicking myself. But now it's like, I'm really glad that we have this gap and this 
nice little soft reset before we, we get the plunge back in. Yeah, I kind of dealt with that a little bit myself because there was a, a, a small period of time with the MCU that they were kind of not exactly batting a thousand. And that was with, I think it started with, I'm getting my, my days. No, it was, yeah, started with this. It started with uh volume two guardians. I did not like that movie. As the, I think it's okay. I've seen it once or twice since I saw it in the theater. I saw, I love the first guardians. First guardians is I think amazing. Oh. Unexpected classic. No yeah. one knew that was going to be that good. Exactly. And then the sequel was such a letdown for me. I felt that Gun. They let Gun kind of kind of like a Ryan Johnson in the Last Jedi a little bit. They let him run amok a little too much. They should have reined him in a little bit. I've, I've gone on record saying there's I with art whether it's commercial art or whatever. Sometimes doesn't matter what kind of thing you're in. Sometimes you can find you can be sometimes more creative with restraints, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I feel that with restraints, Gunn delivered an amazing film with letting Gunn run amok. It just it gets it's a little too much. He's a little too out there. He's a little too just. Yeah, because his movies are a little odd that are outside of the MCU, like super slither. They're not bad. Super. Oh yeah, my! That's the one with uh with uh Rain, Rain Wilson, Wilson, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And Ellen what Peter a Jack. weird movie, man! Weird. I love it. It's I like so it. Weird. Yeah, it's so weird. But though. I watched it now, and like everybody said, you should check out Super. You should check out Super. I'm pretty sure it was Tom and Derek reviewed it on Better yeah, Than Dark, probably. And yeah. I watched it, and I was like, oh, that was good. But I was like, that was so weird. <laughs> yeah, it was a little, it was a little, a little odd, a little odd. And that's the thing is, James Gunn makes he's a kind of a weirdo. Now, I love that. Obviously, he's a weirdo. The, the whole tr- Twitter controversy is him making weird comments and doing weird things. And mm-hmm. again, I'm not saying he's right to be weird, but he's a little weird, you know, a little odd. But with all that being said, he I felt he delivered an amazing film in Guardians because there was restraints that I think that there were guidelines. And I felt that he earned his freedom. But they kind of they because of that, they let him do his thing. And it, it got a little too carried away, in my opinion. And did, I didn't really like it. I think it's not bad. I just didn't, I just didn't love it. And then Dr. Strange came out. I didn't like Dr. Strange. I was pumped for Dr. Strange. Didn't love Dr. Strange. And I think it was, so I, I think it was, I think what keeps, so what was Guardians of the Galaxy? It was Age of Ultron. And I loved Ant-Man. I didn't love Age of Ultron. I did like Ant-Man a lot. Then Dr. Strange. And then Age of Ultron has aged better than, has aged better than what it was when I first saw it. I feel like yeah, every time I watch it and I still, I've watched it in 4k recently. It was not my, I still still not your jam. Yeah. Yeah. The beginning and endings are okay, but the middle is just a, is, is a slog. Um, but yeah. So when you have, you have guardians and you've got Dr. Strange, those two films really did not hit for me. And I was getting pretty worried. And I remember being, Oh, Oh, this isn't, this is not good news. And I thought that there, this could be headed down a, a direction. I don't want it to go down. And I remember thinking this was Spider-Man homecoming was coming out and I was worried. I'm like, maybe this is a start of, of Marvel kind of slipping, slipping. And then homecoming came out and it was pretty good. And I loved homecoming. I loved yeah. it. And then Ragnarok came out and I loved it. I was like, this is great. This is like, this is literally a comic book brought to life. 
Yes, it I was. Mean, with, with Taika, obviously with Taika dialogue and humor, but everything else felt like the beginning felt straight from a Walt Simonson comic book, straight up. And and then uh, Black Panther was amazing after that. And then you just so they they, they just rattle off a bunch of amazing films right after that. With you know, Infinity they did War. have a little run there. They had yeah. a great run. Yeah. And then from Black Panther, you're jumping in Infinity War. Yeah. And Ant Man Two. How do you feel and, about that? Uh, uh, Ant Man uh, and Wasp. Yeah, not great. I only seen it once. I have it on 4K. I've never rewatched it. I have no desire to watch. I don't it. have any problems with that. I enjoyed it in the theater. Yeah, no, um, it's not a bad movie. It was a nice break from what just happened in Infinity War, which I took me a month and a half to recover from. And everybody's like, "Didn't you read the comics?" I'm like, "Yeah, but I just saw it happen on the screen, and I'm yeah, affected." Man. Yeah, it was a lot. That's a heavy dude. I was shocked they did it. Yeah, I was shocked. I mean, so so with all that said. I, I don't I can understand that they they've they've put out a lot. I think what maybe was this obviously the, the Far From Home was before all the announcements, but I don't think it also helps the fact that they announced like a million other things right afterwards. Mm-hmm. For if if you are kind of feeling burnout, like man, I just got you know I, I just saw Endgame. If they just had Endgame and you had to wait a couple years, I think you'd be different. I think the fact that Homecoming came out right afterwards maybe may kind of made that a little bit for some people kind of we just had one man but yeah. obviously obviously it, it, a lot of people wanted to see it because it made a billion dollars it was a huge success you got movie. my money and my money too i loved it so I, I i don't blame you and i think that i i i you can't bet against marvel at this point you just can't you just can't and You're stupid <laughs> yeah but at the same time it will be very interesting without downey and without evans how well it takes over the ship, man. Yeah. Who's going to be the, you know, and with black widow being right now dead for the most part, what happens there? What is going on? What is going to happen? That's the, that's the real thing. And I think that I don't blame you for being burned out. There is a lot of movies. It's a lot. And the fact that, you know, it's, I think it's, it's, it's not just ending and you don't know what's coming. That would be different. You'd be a little more excited. Like what's going to happen? No, no. They announced like a whole 40 movies that are coming out or TV shows are coming out right afterwards. I'm excited. This is my bread and butters. My I'm a Marvel zombie. I, I was, I was bred in this stuff. It seems like, you know, it was my childhood. Yeah. And so like, this is, yeah. So for me, I, I embrace it. I podcast about it. I love talking about it. So for me, I'm not sick of it, but I understand okay. I understand where other people might be because the one thing I do fear, the one thing I do fear is the fact that now that they have X-Men and Fantastic Four, even though I want them to have those things, they the types of movies that they'll be able to tell to tell will be limited because it's part of Disney. And as far as tone and things like that, where Sony, Venom, even though it's ridiculous and it's not a good movie, and I like it ironically. I can't it watch is, Venom. I can't bring myself to do it. it watch it, Kellen. You'll, I, I think I can't, man. Yeah, no. no, Kellen, just do it. You'll you'll enjoy it. No, Trust me. I'm not going to enjoy. I'm going to hate it, man. No, Kellen, come out to Seattle. We'll watch it together, and I'll, and you'll 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 you'll, you'll, you'll think differently. It's not a great movie. It's not, but it's fun. It's ridiculous. Is but it symbiote or symbiote? They say symbiote. It's weird. It's symbiote. I know. I know. I thank you. When they say symbiote, I'm like, that's not how you say it. But uh. But I think that what I, what I appreciate what Sony was doing, I even said that if you look and listen to the Venom po- uh, podcast review, I say, I kind of like the idea that Sony is going to do their own thing because it's going to add some diversity into superhero filmmaking. 
Well, when we get some like spider furs, that's one thing. But venom, I can't, I can't get down with. That's not just, venom. Just try it, man. Just try it. Just it's it's, uh, it's not great. It's not a great movie. I'm the, this, but it's fun. Yeah, it's fun to watch a not great movie. Duly noted, Paul Herman. Hey, you know what? I just that's how I do. I I, I like bad films sometimes. I I I I I fully admit I, I ironically like bad movies. It's you know if you can't then you, life is no fun. But at the same time, look at what DC's doing with Joker and what with what that door's opened, they can now tell any kind of story and they don't have to be beholden to a continuity. And Disney right now is has no interest in doing that. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying they run when you do a continuity that's this tight and this connected, you do run that possibility of burning out. And where do you start over? How you want to capitalize on these characters? And right now, DC is kind of learning. We can kind of have her kicking you to two with the. And I think that you can. I think Logan's a great, another great example. I don't love Logan, but that's I another. <laughs> I know everyone else loves. It. I want to love it. I try to love it. I I like. I saw the noir version. I liked it a lot better. Oh, I, I have not w- watched the noir. Is that black and white one? Yeah, that, black and different? white. It's it's, yeah, it's, it's a different feel, different feel. Okay. And I I I dug it a lot more that time. So, I'll, I'm just gonna say this: that there's 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 plenty there's plenty of time for them to develop their their continuity. I, I also love continuity too. I'm a continuity continuity nerd. So. I love that stuff, but I also love when things can be the offshoots. And I, and I hope that maybe they can find a balance of, Hey, let's tell a Captain America story. That's not in the MCU, but just a Captain America story. Let's retell, let's retell Captain America with different people and have them do this. And what's in, let's do this in kind of interpretation. Let's yeah. focus on this. Something like that. Like the Joker did like what's is not, this is not the, this is not the DCU Jerry Leto. Thank God Joker. This is, a different whole different thing this, and, yeah this isn't heath ledger joker either yeah yeah this is this is, is important again what it's an artistic take on it's someone else's artistic interpretation and elseworlds if you will story and i think that is what dc and other properties are going to invest in and you can also have a, a continuity that's all together too i think people will understand their, the differences and with marvel right now continuity is a selling point when you you know, that's that's what brings people in. Everyone wants to know how it's connected. So it really it really does, man, because I mean, that that was the whole that was the whole thing that blew everybody's minds in 2008 when they, you yeah. got the fury at the end of Iron Man. It's like like a way of like they're really going to go for this. Like n- none of us, even even us like me and you, Paul, do you remember walking out of Iron Man after watching that end credit scene and being like, there's no way they pull this off and just kind of dismissing it? Uh, yes and no. I, I, I was excited and I thought to myself, I can't believe they're, they're, they're already talking about the Avengers after one film. And, but at the same time, like you, Kellen, I'm like, there's no way like this is, this has failure written all over it because, yeah, because when, when is the X-Men work, but they're all introducing that same team. How, how are they going to do that? How is Captain America going to work on screen? How is Thor going to work on screen? Those are legitimate fears because those are, especially Thor's, I, I kind of always thought Thor would be okay because you could kind of modernize Thor a little bit. And it's, there is some, there is some cool stuff I think people would like that are universal, but with Captain America, I mean, 
His name's Captain America, for God's sakes. I mean, that's My not exactly. sister and brother-in-law still say the first Avenger is boring as hell, and they, and they don't they're like wrong. it. They're wrong. They're wrong. Well, first yeah, Avengers, obviously. First Avenger's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I will never. That movie is that to me was the defining moment for me in the MCU. That's probably one of the top. That's probably it, it's in my top five favorite MCU films still, because that I knew the MCU was was in for the long haul after that movie, because Thor had come out and was successful, and I said, man, they made Thor work. Thor worked, and it was it was it was true to the comic character, the characterization. It was, it looked like the comic for the most part, obviously with, you know, with, with some give and take, but it, it, it worked. But with Captain America, I had, I'm, I love the cop. I'm like, how is this going to connect with an audience? And the fact that people weren't laughing at it outright, they tried, people tried to laugh at it. I remember kids laughing at certain parts of the movie, like it was stupid, but in the end, it, even though it wasn't a giant runaway hit, like everyone now would think that it was it's it wasn't it was a very mo- modest hit you know thinking of dc and warner brothers thinking why doesn't why didn't all these other movies make a billion dollars it's because you know, they they work towards it that was the whole point but anyway yeah. but the reason they why it. yes and the reason why they earned it is because a movie like captain america they used to, to really establish their character and the biggest thing was the critics didn't hate it they gave it, it was in 70%. Again, Captain America. This is before Captain America was ever cool. Captain America was never cool. Never. <laughs> he was never cool. He was a Boy Scout. He wasn't. And, and they made, they turned Captain America into someone that everyone loved. And, it, and obviously it took that movie and the Avengers to build him up to, to make Winter Soldier. And then all of a sudden now he's like a household name again. And he's one of the most popular superheroes ever because of building him up in that first movie and the Avengers. And, but the first Avenger if they laugh them off the screen, Avengers doesn't work no, at all. And, and the fact that they, people actually believed and understood and liked Captain America. I mean, and again, they didn't love Captain America, but they bought into the Chris Evans interpretation and his character. And they put him in a, an even more comic accurate, silly costume, which I love. I love the Avengers Captain America costume. That's my favorite Captain America costume. Still my favorite is winter soldier. I, I totally understand that. That's a great cop. They're all great. I think that's the, that's the funny, the ironic thing about this whole, whole Captain America thing, Kellen, is that they're all great. In my opinion, they have not made a bad Captain America costume in the MCU. Think about that. One of the most cheesy, you would think hard to bring from comic to screen costumes that people would easily think are stupid. They managed to make translate it's one of the screen. most, I, iconic and intimidating yes. looking costumes. Yes. And then see you all in every film. It, it, everyone likes to poke fun at that, that, uh, Avengers one. I love it. The Avengers costume is legit. It's, it's a literal, it's as most without, if you don't count the original Captain America movie, that was a, exactly verbatim. The, the costume from the comics, it's probably the most art, the most accurate comic costume in the MCU that is modernized not to not be a literal translation make it look stupid it is so so accurate i just love it i think it looks great i i, I think it looks great too i'm looking at it right now and I, I, i've never had a problem with that costume man like he, he like and chris, it doesn't hurt that chris evans is l- looks the part of steve rogers so much already yeah. but he looks like steve rogers when he puts the mask on too mm-hmm. and and that's something that can be could have been lost easily too yeah but 
Yeah, it, it's really they did such a great job with it. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, so I, I think that with with all that, I just it's hard for me to bet against Marvel at this point. And by the way, a side note in Captain America, I don't know about you, but I've said this on another podcast, and I, I'd be remiss to not ever bring it up because I want to give everyone credit for Marvel credit for this. Kudos to them for not taking off his mask in Endgame. Yes, they didn't do I, that. Right, they no, didn't they, go for the they, whole yeah, like let him get go, his star moment. And yeah, everything. no, 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 no. They went full on. He has the mask on, and you know what? It works one hundred percent. Traps that shield over that those wounds, man. Like that arm was barely hanging on. Oh god, barely hanging on, and it's like <laughs> end game, end game. Yeah, you know what? If I'm Rise right. of Skywalker gets, if it gets half of what End Game got right at the end. I'll be I'll be satisfied because Endgame exceeded my expectations, which I thought would never happen. I thought, yeah, I get it. No, no, no. I didn't expect Cap. I didn't take expect more. to be let down, but I didn't expect to be blown away again. Yeah, yeah. No, I I didn't think I didn't expect to be let down, but I just I wanted to keep my expectations in check. But man, it you know it's a it, Endgame is long. I've rewatched it a number of times, and it's a it's a beautiful movie. It's a beautiful. It's one of the best MCU films, but it's long. It's 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 a yeah, it takes me even a normal like two hour film. I I watch in like increments because it's life is hard even even without kids at this point. It's yeah, so hard. I just don't have time and all to vote to three two hours to a movie. But that takes like an all week thing for me to do for end game <laughs> right. And it's like watch forty minutes here, watch forty minutes there. But then that ending gotcha. is just that ending is just it's, it's an all timer. You you. The fact, I mean, again, not everyone loves Endgame. Like, it, obviously, it's a subjective opinion, but let's be real. I'd say, what, 85, 90% of people love the ending of Endgame? Would you say that's accurate? I'd say it's higher than that, honestly. I, well, I really feel like I'd it's 98%. Right. I, I say, I'm just being generous. I'm assuming there's more people out there who are, don't like it or aren't saying anything. Yeah. But even that, 90%. Think about that. That's crazy. 90% of people probably when Falcon love that. says on your right, it, it's like, and cause, cause the funny thing is, you know, that they're back. Yeah. Right. Like even then you don't expect it. And then they highly, how they did it and just unfolded. This is again, turned into end game podcast, but I mean, that's just something in, in cinema. You just don't get right so often. And when it happens, the way it happens, it's just such a feeling of euphoria, man, for as a, as someone in the audience. Yeah, it was a uh, as a lifelong Marvel zombie, and seeing Cap finally pick up Mjolnir, which I which I've been complaining about for a long time. That was a big deal for me because I, me and Sean would argue about that all the time, and I'd say Cap should be, be able to pick up that hammer, no problem. That's that's legit. And yep. he he had his theory was that because he lied to Tony and didn't tell him that. Bucky killed his parents and because that he wasn't worthy at the time and I was like no dude that's not that doesn't make, he never had a chance to pick it up like well, it, it well, moved it, it moved but see this is the thing with the writers and they've kind of they haven't the writers have their interpretation there's so Sean they, they've actually heard that theory that same theory that Sean had, had talked about and they actually they actually like that theory the writers do they think they, they think it's actually not a bad Russo's? theory um, no the Marcus McFeely oh, okay but uh but they said that they interpreted it as he didn't want to show up Thor in front of everyone and didn't do it. And so, and that, again, that would, that, that kind of that would play in, that would play in the yeah. way the Steve Rogers. Yeah. And, the, and being worthy, right. That would be yeah. why he's worthy. It's not Steve. 
but um, but no, I, I said no. It doesn't matter because being worthy is, doesn't mean you're not perfect. You make mistakes. It just means you're you're a worthy person to wield that hammer. And you know and that's why I think him whole line is Tony thing is a little. It's I just I don't buy into it. Not my thing. Yeah. But that being said, um, you know that being said, uh, yeah, when he picks up Molnir, I'm like, it's it's an all time moment, man. That was I actually am grateful they waited because. That made sense. And it was, was so good, man. I love Thor. I knew it. Oh, God, it's so good. And Thor says, I knew it. Oh, so good. So good. So, such a, uh, yeah, we could talk about Endgame for another three hours, but we've, yeah. we've already been talking for a minute. Yeah. And, and, and I want to just finish up with the MCU thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, really fast. As far as you, you, you know, don't have to be fast. It, go ahead. <laughs> getting sick of it. I, I totally get it. And I think that. It's gonna. I think the time away with Black Widow is gonna be good. I think seeing Black Widow is gonna be fun, and I think they're gonna introduce a lot of different things. I, it sounds like we're gonna get Thunderbolts in the you know introducing the movie. Um, nice. Yeah, it's 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 what again. That's what the rumors are you know circulating about it. it remains to be seen if it's actually gonna happen, but of course. But that that being said, I I think it remains to be seen if you're gonna if if you're gonna be invested or not because if if the internals don't work. Ching Chi doesn't work, then you are going to be sick of it because it's not, not it's going to be not relevant at that point. And they're going to have to really do an audible fast in order to, to get people interested. And again, if those movies don't hit, but I'll be honest, I don't know if it, I think Eternals is going to be their first, not flop, but borderline flop. That's my prediction. I've already said, it. I'm like, I just don't, the Eternals just are not interesting characters. I'm sorry. They're not interested in the comics. I thought Ant-Man was going to be the fl- first flop too. And it wasn't, it was, a, I love that movie. So I think we all did. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it surprised us. It was really good. And yeah. it, it was, and again, performances, Paul Rudd killed it. So yes. Shout out to Paul Rudd. Yeah. But that being said also, I don't know if these Eternals or characters are going to be interesting enough for us to be invested in. I don't, I just don't see it. And I think that's going to be the first kind of borderline. Eh, I think Shane Chi will be huge. I think Shane Chi will be because it's going to open up that whole Kung Fu side of, of movie uh, fandom that will, will go see it. I think it's about time we had more Asian rep- representation in the Marvel universe. Shane mm-hmm. Chi is obviously huge in, in uh, the Marvel universe or what he was a big part of the Marvel universe at one point, And they're building up towards him. I think he's a great, I think he's a great character. The Mandarin being the villain is awesome. I think that's, I was a great, uh, finally get to redeem the Mandarin, man. Yeah. It, redeem it. And, and also give him a better, it makes more sense to be a Kung, the master of Kung Fu enemy than Iron Man. It makes more sense. It really so, does. And again, you know, and you don't get into, you know, it's, imagine looking back now of Mandarin taking on Iron Man, like the, like, like an Asian Mandarin character. They'd be like, it would be, I don't know. I don't know if it would go over well. With the it, it probably wouldn't. Yeah, it probably wouldn't, man. They not would now. find something to complain they, about. They, yeah, they 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 complain. And I and again, it's that's the reason why they didn't do it then. They're like, oh, this is not really exactly. Uh, we don't want to go down that road. And that was smart because now they saved it for a better master of kung fu. This is way better. The ten rings of power, adding all those uh, the mystical element with with the kung fu. That's going to be a great idea. That's brilliant so i think i think shane chi is going to be a surprise hit not a surprise hit but i think it's going to take people a surprise because of those elements of having more of a mystical element and that's going to be um a selling point on shane chi and plus all the cool kung fu stuff they'll add in there that'll be a lot of fun so i think that'll i think shane chi will be fine um but uh yeah it's going to be interesting how these films these films do 
because I don't know if the Eternals will do well. I think Black Widow will do. Black Widow will do well. I Shang- think so too. But I and I think Shang Chi will do well enough. I think Eternals will be the first kind of moderate flop. I and even though Sean, my my co-host, doesn't agree with me, I think the Eternals, if if they get Fox sooner, I don't think the Eternals happens. Well, yeah, obviously not because they then they would be trying to roll out the X Men plan. Yeah, I, I think if they get it, if they get the Eternals, like let's say one year before, like before they announce the Eternals, it's yeah, there's no way that movie gets made. There's no <laughs> way. There's no way. Because with all what they're doing with all the TV series, and that's the other thing too. I think the TV series are almost I'm more excited about them than the than the movies at this point. Because yeah, the TV guys, series have a lot of cool stuff going on, man. Marvel, Falcon and uh Winter Soldier. Come on, man. Like, here's what I think will be interesting is Falcon Winter Soldier is obviously gonna lead because I think with, with Thunderbolts being rumored. Baron Zemo, obviously, if you know your Marvel history, oh, Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo is the Thunderbolt. He's the one who leads the Thunderbolts. Yes. And if he's in that TV series, and he's the villain. You then can set up him going into the prison and then being part of the Thunderbolt program. So at the very end, you set you because again, you have the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Everyone's gonna watch it because they are the, some of the you know the people coming over from their previous MCU films, and yep. everyone's gonna watch that TV series and they're gonna see Baron Zemo and then Baron Zemo's gonna defeat it and then at the very end they're gonna you know they're gonna well, Baron Zemo's gonna go into his you know he's gonna go into his own movie with the Thunderbolts or what? What's this? But then with also from that you can not only can dive you know lead into the Thunderbolts film but into Falcon's own Captain America movie, which I think that that's gonna happen. Like that is one hundred percent. It, it needs happen. to happen. And it's gonna, I, I want that to happen so bad. I, me too. I and you know what, Kellen, it's going to happen. I think that's what that that's what that TV series is doing. There, Kevin Feige knows I'm going to do kill two birds with one stone. I'm gonna, or multiple birds with one stone, but two major birds. Besides adding U.S. Agent to add into another Avengers team at some point, but I'm going to add all these different characters. But I'm going to have Baron Zemo and Falcon and Bucky. They're going to be the main characters. Cap. Uh, Captain or uh, Falcon Cap. Falcon will eventually turn into Captain America in, in the movie or in the show, and then I'll offshoot offshoot him into his own film by building him up as Captain America because he gets he becomes Captain America in the in the show. We don't know when or how far, but yeah, he got he got he, got, he, he already talked about being tested in, in a suit, so it's going to happen at some point. He gets one episode probably in the suit, and then that makes us all go, "Oh, that's him as Captain America." We establish him as Captain America. Baron Zemo's a thunderbolt. You offshoot them in the next phase of films, so it's going to happen, guaranteed. See, talking to you has 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 kind of calmed down my nerves. It made me well, that's feel good. better. Awesome, that's yeah. good. Because I wasn't you know, going to jump out the window or anything, but I was I was right. just feeling some kind of way. I was I had a little fatigue, but even even at this late hour for me, I would I could turn on Endgame right now. I'd make it through like the first half an hour before I fall asleep. Same man, yeah, yeah, same but man. Still, Dude. I'd be ready to take that plunge right now. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you right. This is why you should get super stoked. Okay, all right. So let's say Black Widow. I mean, I'm, I like Scar, Scar, Scar Joe and I like Black Widow, but I'm not not my favorite. She's not my favorite character, but I like the character. There's some. There's gonna be some cool stuff in that movie. I think. I think it's gonna be a lot better than we you anticipate with that movie, honestly. But Shang Chi will be a lot of fun. I think that's a movie you're gonna be into. You seem like a kung fu kind of guy. I am. So. Yes, I can already tell. So I think you're going to like that one a lot, with, especially with Mandarin, your knowledge in the Mandarin. You're, you're going to love that movie. So be stoked on that. But dude, Moon Knight, that is that is going to be 
I just I cannot that should be what you'd be stoked for Falcon you know Falcon Winter Soldier would be fun obviously I'm stoked for that too Moon Knight if you don't know Moon Knight that well I got your back oh, I know who Mark Spector is okay if you know your Mark Spector you should be getting ready because that 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 show is going to be off the chain I think I think they're going to introduce some dark elements in that movie in that show mm-hmm. I really do not they're not going to be like dark 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 but they're right like Daredevil reasonably like, dark reasonably because <laughs> because there's only with, with what they're doing now. I think you add different. If you want to keep the MCU fresh, you do it by introducing different kinds of characters. And let's be real; that'd be a very different kind of thing to do, and would be amazing. So, yeah, man i I think you should be stoked for Moon Knight. I think Moon Knight's going to be a game changer. I really do. I really You've do. Heard it here first, folks. Moon Knight game changer. Paul Herman. He like I said, I, I'm. Like I, I was worried. I was like, man, maybe, maybe it's me. Like, am I outgrowing the movies or anything? But no, I, I really just think I, I needed a shot in the arm of a MCU adrenaline, and you provided that for me. So I appreciate that. And it's, you know, Kelly, you know, you don't have that give me on your podcast. You can just holler at me and text me. My, I'll give you my number after this. We'll text. Anytime <laughs> you need a pep talk for anything, you let me know, man. I got okay. you back. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, back. I'll keep that in mind. I, I will make sure I get that number. So I'm out of, I'm out of questions now. Well, we also talked for like almost three hours because I can't well, shut that's up. That's what but... happens on here. Like when I have a guest, like all bets are off, man. Like that's awesome. Yeah, I just I just let them go, and then it's, everybody's like, "Well, everybody, like people are like, hey, are you going to break that up?'" I'm like, "Nope, <laughs> like throw it in that episode. That's how it goes, man." I love it. Yeah, man, I am man. a long form podcast at its finest. Me too. Dude, I'm telling you, we're kindred spirits. We're very we're, we're all different coasts. We're on, you know, different, we, we have different passions of music, uh, you know, but we do different passions of sports to an extent, but man, we are like in line with so many different things. We are more in line than you realize, my friend. It's great. I think so too, man. I, 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 I really, I really feel like we're, we're well connected tonight. I, and, well, for sure. and I appreciate you coming on and, and, and like blessing me with your, with your presence and, and me, talking sir. about Seattle, how great it is and all the sports stories and all the, the Lowe's stories I drug out of you and the MCU and the Star Wars stuff, man, you definitely got to come back on again and we're going to have to talk oh, about yeah. something else. And it's, dude, you, you, just, you just call my name at the song, you know, when you call my name and I'll be there, don't I'll you know, be there. I'll be there. Look over oh. your shoulder, honey. I'll be there. <laughs> Just call my name and I'll be there. Don't you know, baby? Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Anytime. You know it. That, that's all staying in. So I hope you don't yeah, think I'm going to edit around it. So the last thing I have for you to do, man, you've already explained everywhere they can find you. You're on Twitter. You're, you're uh, Herman22 on Twitter. Yeah. Unless I messed it up. Yeah. At Herman 22 on Twitter. Yeah. Two um, N's. Keep. Two N's. I messed it up. Uh, H-E-R-M-A-N 22. Two N's. I said, I said N, but it came out. Eh. Okay, my bad. My bad. My bad. Herman with two N's 22. I always say to say, I just say P-Thug. Or P-Thug. Yeah. P-Thug's a, is a, yeah. I'm B-Hyphen. He's P-Thug. Go figure. Yeah. Gotta have the hyphen. Exactly. Hyphenation. Yeah, Spider Man, Spider- so baby. Look at yeah. you, man. Yeah. Gotta respect the hyphen. You got kind of, hyphen's amazing. So it we makes- always, always in the show, at least I do, yeah. with, especially when I have a guest, 
I always like to say some words of wisdom or some mm. recommendations that you want to do or just one recommendation. Okay. So do you have any words of wisdom off the top of your head you'd like to share with the listening audience or any recommendations you'd like to say before you we know, get out of here? You know, I do have words of wisdom because I've, I've, okay. feel, I've been feeling this a little bit and I want to encourage people. I really think it's important to pursue what you love and really don't don't get worried about being quote unquote successful of what you love to do. Meaning don't expect to be hitting big and whether you want to be like a, you know, whatever it is your passion is, whether if it's being the best fence builder or whatever, or being the best podcaster or musician or lyricist or, you know, a guitar player, drummer, whatever you, you thrive to be the best, but don't, don't let success be the definitive moment of what makes you your identity and do don't let success define you as a person and what you love, because the only thing that defines you is in the end, what you think about yourself and what you've done, what you've done. And if you love doing what you've done or not, and ultimately what comes with that, it just, you have no control over and that's why if you want to pursue something, pursue it and, but do it cause you love it and don't, don't let success or lack of success or whatever bring you down because you've, you've got to, what you have and what you love is so important. It gets you through so many different times. And, you know, we, we all can't control those things of, of being successful of, of the things you, you, you love to do. And again, it could be anything. It could be writing comics. It could be, it could be writing a book music. I've learned that lesson and I've regretted dropping things like music cause I wasn't as successful mm. and real talk. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, man, and we've talked, Kelly, we've talked about it on, on Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I've, and we've, I've tried, we both try to encourage each other doing, pursuing our, our music passions. And, you know, I just started playing the band again and I'm 37 and I always thought, Oh, I'm too old. And I said, you know what? I don't care. You know? And I just kind of thought to myself, I just, I miss playing music so much. And i right now I'm playing music with the, with people and I'm, I'm more excited about music than I ever have, but ever, ever have been. And I, in, in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, well, who's like put out a record, like has been moderately successful at, you know, almost 40. I'm like, who cares? And I started, <laughs> again, that's what my mind starts thinking to. And you got to get that stuff out of your head. doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter what, and I know it, it, it does and it doesn't, but really ultimately do what you love, pursue it and do it because you love it. And don't let success define wh- if, whether it's good or not, because that's not the case, you know, and low at your age, whether you're too young or if you're, if you're older, don't let those things destroy you. Another example uh, of this, Charlie Knopf, uh, if you're not familiar with him, he wrote for HBO's uh, Carnival. He created the TV show Carnival, underrated show, fantastic show. He created that show, I think, before you're tired working insurance or around that time. He worked in insurance. He developed his own TV show throughout the years and then ended up, I don't know how, I don't remember exactly how it worked out, but basically he ended up selling the story to HBO. And he had been working in insurance as like a, and writing insurance stuff for like 30 years or whatever. Jeez. And he finally sold the show. And granted, it was a moderate success. It's a cult classic. It's a great show. 
ahead of its time. Amazing. Lots of, lots of rich story continuity stuff in there, but he was older when he made it. And you know, you just never know. And that's the thing too. He did it because he loved it. He wasn't expecting to get HBO to buy a show. I don't think, but he was creating this universe because he just, he had to, if you want to, if you need a podcast, cause you have the podcast, do it. Don't, ex- you know, you're not going to get a thousand followers or a thousand listeners and overnight it takes time, right? If you want to build an audience, it takes time, but yeah. do it because you love it. If you, what you, if what you love to do, it'll shine through. And that's what I've learned. And it doesn't matter what art I'm doing or what situation I'm doing. If you have a, a genuine love for what you do and you keep at it and you don't give up and you do it because you love it, thing, good things happen more often than not. doesn't always guarantee anything, but I would say, and I think most people would agree with me, that the more you pursue it and the more you love it and the more hard work you put towards it, good things happen. So don't give up the fight. Do what you love. Damn. That, that's some, that's some real words of wisdom right there. Cause I, I talk about that same thing all the time Really, and I, I could not have said that better myself. Yeah. And I, I even, I mean, everybody needs to hear that from time to time. Because, I need to hear it right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I needed to hear it too. So it's a good job. Thank you, man. Thank you nailed it, man. So with that said, I just want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Yeah. Um, everybody takes time. Um, you can find hyphenation on any podcast listening platform that you choose. Um, and uh, Paul, thanks for being on, man. Dude, anytime. Kellen, any seriously, anytime you need me on for a guest and review, you know, holler at me. I'm I'll I'll do my best to make it. Okay. No, yeah, we'll figure it out because this oh, yeah. has to happen again. I have, oh, I for sure. totally has to happen again. Anytime. Yeah. So I always end the show a certain way, and it's real simple. I'll just be like talking, talking, and then I'll be like, thanks, y'all. And that's how the show ends. I love it. Yeah. And we out. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> That was amazing, dude. That was a great time. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and comment. This has been a Hyphen Podcast Network production. They're the bestest. I'm getting paid at Exposure.